0: Radio Cosmos and it is now 5 p.m. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. (laughs) Why y'all look like you seen a go? (laughs) Dear friend. Alive
1: and kicking.
0: We're alive anyway. (laughs) We may have lost the war. But heaven knows we haven't lost our sense of humor. No, not even when we lost a lung, spleen, bladder, two legs, 35 feet of small intestine, and our ability to reproduce. All in the name of the South, do we ever
1: lose our sense of humor?
0: Sure you want to do it? My movie. Yeah. What is it? I don't know what it's called. What is it called? Kevin
2: Dillon. You ready? Son of a bitch. Are you, are you trying to tell me that I can dodge
0: bullets? The wrong side of the river! I'm Michael George. Stop it. Get some help. Tony
1: Mona, the terrorists had the president's daughter in the old bean factory. I can't get drunk today. Get,
0: oh, no. get, get out. Too bad. You. Affected by deadly toxins from cancer infested rats. This spirit is despicable. Yeah. Billy what's his name show This is Greg Sestero and you are listening to My
3: Movies Better
2: Let the party begin (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between Welcome to the 30th third episode of my movies better i am kevin i'm dylan and this week we kept up with our awards theme and decided to watch some movies that were nominated for and won several razzies uh, the golden raspberry award which is given out by uh i guess some sort of hollywood elites that is the measure of the worst films of the year. It's the reverse Oscars. Um, so, Dylan, this—I guess—you you, picked this theme, sort of. Yeah, um, to an extent. Yeah.
3: I just mainly wanted to roll with what we were doing, and we had done uh, two episodes in a row of uh, all really, really, really fucking good movies. So I felt like it was time to kind of take the backseat on that. Yeah. And do something a little goofier. Yeah, well, like, I liked the last episode, but when I listened
2: back to it, I was like, man, it's like hard not to. It's hard to find bad stuff to talk about. Not that like you should look for that right, necessarily right, right. only, but it's it is fun sometimes to Shitting on movies, so yeah, we'll exactly. You know,
3: we did yeah, we did like six six consecutive movies where we right. were basically talking about how awesome they were. Right. So I'm excited to shit on something right. today.
2: But I also think that some of these movies do. All three of these movies have qualities uh, that kind of redeem them in a lot of ways, and I think even some of them, a few of them. Maybe ha- are actually kind of good movies in 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 a sort sort of way, um, and that sometimes Hollywood likes to like pat themselves on the back, but also give the best Oscar fucking to crash and movies like that that is like a piece of shit. And yeah. so like you know to me that that movie should have won a Razzie, you know. Right. But so <laughs> it, it, it's not necessarily that we just want to shit on these films. You know, you're gonna talk about obviously they all made mistakes if they're Even considered this bad, but they also have redeeming qualities, and you know. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason we
3: picked the ones that we picked. I mean, we we'd watched them, we we knew them. There was (laughs) there was clearly something about them that wasn't just like utter shit. Yeah. So today we'll
2: be doing something just a little bit different, but also the same old thing. We'll all be look. We'll be trying to determine which film is the best film, as always, but we'll also uh, be talking about which film we think actually deserves the golden raspberry from us for the
3: worst
2: yeah tonight but first as always the weird movie of the week so this is a fun one um i was just scrolling through and i found this one i believe in connection with 1999 releases this movie actually came out in like 94 95 or maybe even before that but the video release was this year a uh, gross of zero dollars as it said because it was a video <laughs> release but i could not turn down its title this movie is called divorced white male and i couldn't find a whole lot of information on it but every time i found more information it got funnier and funnier so like i first looked it up and i was like oh this is a lou Volpe movie so lou Volpe is a famous character actor and he's been in like a shitload of movies and i i, I w- i'm not even going to go and name any because i know for a fact you've probably seen one that he's been in he's been in a lot of famous movies for like as like a, a small side character, as like f- someone's father or some shit like that right right so this is a movie he writ- wrote and directed and uh it's like his passion project it is about a divorced man um and all I could find about it on its very small IMDb page was this synopsis, and uh, I'm I'm gonna have you read it, Dylan, and okay, uh, yeah, give us is... t- give us the synopsis <laughs> for this movie, uh,
3: Divorced White okay, Male. Okay, so Divorced White Male. Uh, it goes a little something like this: Al, finding himself suddenly divorced and caring for his four children, decides to dive into the dating scene in the quest for love. At about the same time, Amy decides to stand up to her abusive husband and divorce him. After numerous frustrating comedic dates and about ready to give up the quest, Al and Amy meet by chance, and their hearts open as, uh, their hearts open as hope for love and happiness fills them again. Or, or does,
0: does it? it? <laughs> Fucking hell. Maybe I can make you understand something. When your mother left me, it hurt my like hell what hurt the most was watching my family fall apart and not being able to do anything about it but now i understand see so you guys are my family with or without your mother i'm your dad okay and i have to stop you from from going down the wrong path because i love you and, and sometimes i'm gonna yell maybe because i don't know what else to do What I'm saying, Laura, is that I'm going to need your help. Do you understand? I know this has been tough on all of you. But it's going to get better, okay? I promise. And that
2: uh, that quote, that synopsis, was written by fucking Lou Volp, and oh it also has his email address after it, and it's a link to his IMDB page. Yeah, so, so if
3: I- anybody wants to send him fan mail, it's lou 4 A R C at aol.com. But, like, he wrote that.
2: Like, he went in there and wrote that, and I'm just like, oh, damn. And what makes it even better is that the poster for this, if you want to, I had to suggest it, log into imdb.com and search this movie, Divorce White Male, and then search the poster for the Neil Breen movie, Pass Through, because that's basically what the poster looks
0: like. Oh, um, God. Why do you keep saying that? Your pill taking for pain relief has gotten out of control.
1: Please stop. These people must be punished. And eliminated.
0: He's writing about government secrets.
3: Yeah, exactly. Why are there
1: so
2: many different things happening here? It's like a lens flare. that's, That's exactly what I'm talking about. There's like all this shit going on in the poster. It's exactly like you, viewers at home, if you want to do this, if you look up the pass through Neil Breen poster and you look up the divorced white male poster. They're almost identical. Oh, my God. There's, like, it's just, there's so much shit going on. There's, like, it's, like, a badly cropped. And and we also see here, if you look at the divorced white male poster, it won filmmaker Silver Award at the Atlantic City Film Festival, an official selection at the Las Vegas. Was it just playing casinos? Yes.
3: Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Atlantic City and Vegas. Oh, my God. And then
2: Hermosa Beach. Anyway. I just can't believe so, it has
3: the title abbreviated and then (laughs) has the title in parentheses
2: so we don't have a lot of information about it but it definitely sounds terrible and weird and it sounds as frustrating as those dates sounds it sounds like those movies where it's just like you're like what the fuck is going on for 40 minutes and guess what that is a perfect segue into our first movie tonight that's right it's 1986's under the cherry moon
0: to christopher money the women he knew came in all sizes shapes and colors and they were all rich very rich private concertos kind words and fun is what he had to offer them yes christopher lived for all women but he died for one yeah me what is it get your ass out of that bed you know them my draws who the hell is this it's the delivery boy from the liquor store i brought you some champagne the other day if you just tell me where you are and I'll come and kick your face off. Did you say kiss my face off? Well, I'd like that real well, because that's just what I did to your daughter.
2: Uh. You don't have to be you the American musical film directed by and starring the one and only prince oh, and, yeah. yes in his directorial debut it also stars a former member of the time morris day's band uh jerome benton and the actor stephen burkoff kristen Stott, scott thomas also in her feature film debut and francesca anise the film was a critical and commercial failure and won five golden raspberry awards including worst picture Tying with Howard the Duck that year for most, uh, for, or I guess for the worst picture. The yeah, they two. They gave it to two. They're, see again, Hollywood just being dicks about. Who's yeah, it worth. might
3: be a little unfair to Howard when, the Duck. When have they
2: given two movies the Best Picture? Oscar, yeah, never. You know? That's not right. You I don't think ever. One. Exactly. One. Despite that, its soundtrack album, uh, Prince's album Parade, went platinum, uh, selling over a million copies. Um, and you probably know Prince's song Kiss from that album, or at l- the very least, the guitar break from Kiss, which has been used in a few different remixes over the years oh, in hip hop yeah. songs. Yeah, de- um, you've
3: definitely heard the yeah. song.
2: So uh let's see, let's roll right along here to the taglines, Dylan.
3: Oh yeah. Um we, we got only have nice one. Nice little taglines. Uh see it, hear it, feel it, live, live it. it.
2: Yeah, that really tells me what this film's all about.
3: <laughs> I feel like there was another one that I saw the other day, but I can't remember. It was it was just another one of those ones along the line about like Prince being like He's the baddest, sexiest man in
0: town.
2: Pretty much, (laughs) it was literally that. I'm pretty sure. Even even at five foot one. (laughs) Rest in peace, Prince. Yes, Prince, not a tall man. Not at all. A great musician, very small man, fantastic singer and songwriter and guitar player, but
3: not a tall man. Yeah, no. Um, The budget was twelve million dollars for it, which you can sort of tell when you're watching it. It seems. Other than, like, the outfits, like, Mm. a fairly inexpensive movie to produce.
2: Great cinematography. Yeah, very nice, all
3: black and white, too, you know, it's it's interesting.
2: Actually, I'm going to interject real real quick on that, because I always hear people say this about this particular film, and I found this out today, so I'm going to correct it. People say this film, and a lot of people say this about films in general, this film was shot in black and white. Actually, this film was shot in color and then t- transferred to black and white, which I was like bummed when I found that out because I was like, I want to know how many, what the colors Prince was wearing. Yeah, like was. what are yeah. the outfits? Those are probably so insane. Exactly. Because his outfits were always insane. So, yeah. I mean,
3: yeah. as no surprise to anybody. But <laughs> yeah, it would be cool to see that in color, which that's pretty fascinating that a color version exists. I, it's not that it, I
2: don't think it exists. I mean, I, I'm i not sure if they still have the film reels for it, but like, I they bet it's shot, in Prince's vault. instead of shooting it with black and white film, they shot it in color. And then later they were like, oh, let's make it black and white. So I almost wonder if it was like Prince being like, oh baby, let's make it more. <laughs> I don't know how Prince, I forget. <laughs> Prince had a weird voice. He really had like, cause he's was, he was from Minnesota, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he had like, you know, he had like a weird sort of, he, in the movie, he does it, too. He does this, like, weird, like, nerd voice, like, every once in a while, where he, like, talks, like, weird all of a sudden. And I can't even do it, but it's just like, what? And there was a couple times he did it where I was, like, I had to keep rewinding the film and be like, did another, is there another person talking in this Dude, scene? Yeah. What the
3: fuck? Yeah, he throws his voice all over the yeah. place. It's a bizarre world.
2: He's just, uh, he was just a very, like, interesting, uh. He's like an alien type of person. And I think in this film, because he, was allowed, to ju- he allowed himself as the director to just run wild, he just really does run yeah, it's wild. It's like violently so. eccentric. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um,
3: yeah, so it's a $12 million budget for the movie. And on its opening weekend, it made a little over $3 million. It was uh, at number 11 right after that in the domestic box office. Uh, and it was the fourth highest among the weekend releases. Um, at the end of its run, it grossed a total of about ten million dollars, little yeah. over ten million dollars. So oh, it was yeah. not a profit. It was and it was a it was a flop.
2: Right, and I also would like to mention that we've been calling it box office just because that's what it says on Wikipedia. But Wikipedia is freaking stupid, apparently, because it's not the box office number usually that they have. It's the total domestic gross. So that n- that number uh is that th- what i have here is true um but if you're looking at wikipedia and we'll come across it more later tonight um like for instance when we talk about wow wow west the number that you're going to give is the worldwide and u.s domestic gross right. put together so foreign so it's most of the time on wikipedia if you're looking that's what their box office is which is kind of a weird it should say you know like worldwide yeah, gross internationally yeah, yeah i should yeah. say just worldwide gross because that would mean foreign and domestic
3: you know? right 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 um
2: anyway the critics were very harsh on this film um and Shocking. i i'd also like to mention that you can see from a film earning three million on its opening weekend but then only grossing 10 million in total that it had a really good opening weekend and then everybody heard how bad the film was so right it didn't yeah do it so well um but I will say that, like, at the time, too, Prince was pretty much at the height of his game. And this was the—this would have been the follow-up to Purple Rain. Yeah, it was, and, like, within yeah. the
3: year after right. Purple Rain, he and was like riding this high.
2: I haven't seen Purple Rain in fucking—I don't even know if I ever saw the whole movie, but I haven't seen—yeah. What? Like, it's just—it's like— Like this film, it just feels like an extended music video. So I can't even tell you like what exactly is going on in Purple Rain either. But I, I, it's more cohesive than this. This film's biggest problem is that there's like very little cohesion and it feels like it kind of feels like one of those films where the director just kept, it it feels like the room honestly in parts where the director just had an idea to do something and they did it and then it made it to the final film, even though it made no sense In the context of the rest of the story. You know what I mean? Right. Or or that its sense was just like, it just furthered the same plot along. There was a lot of like the same scenes happening. And it's the whole movie generally script-wise is so derivative that that's why I feel like it feels just like a, a... you know trapped in the closet or or you know just how music videos have become these like extended films right right kind know? of like
3: that Kanye like runaway thing right right you know, or the 40 minute um thing. the the
2: Lady Gaga Beyonce song there where it was like they had like the video the, now they put out a video and it's like here's the short version of the video and then here's the extra long version with like a five minute intro and yeah like, right it's right. basically like an opening scene and then the music starts you know the, yeah. the opening scenes longer than the song you know right
3: right right. and then it just plays a song right. just to play it right yeah. this
2: feels like a collection of music videos that, like shot as a movie for the album parade
3: yeah and that's i mean to an extent that's kind of what it is yeah. in some parts yeah. for sure. I mean they directly mention parade. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. <in>
2: <laughs> um and yeah, I mean well obviously like the title parade as we're going to mention a little bit. The title parade comes from the I believe what is the first song of the album it's, at least it's the first print song in the movie uh chronologically I guess uh, for the music for the musical's sake. It is like the the uh, Christopher Tracy's Parade is the yeah, name of the song, yep. and uh, we'll get back to that because that song is fucking out of control. Yeah, it's one, it's I'm literally sure
3: it a, a for the worst song.
2: I think it is maybe the worst song I've ever heard. Okay, and I <laughs> love Prince. I <laughs> oh, but the Jesus. guy, the guy was like so eclectic that sometimes things didn't work out. But we'll get to that. Critical response: uh, This film has a thirty-four percent. Critical rating on Rotten Tomatoes based on 35 reviews and an average rating of 3.9. And the site's consensus states under the Cherry Moon may satisfy the most rabid Prince fans, but everyone else will be better served with this Vanity Project's far superior soundtrack. Um not wrong. No, exactly. Um however, uh I Roger Ebert's web on Roger Ebert's website, uh Peter Sobinsky. wrote a reappraisal I think that's how his name is said sorry Peter Uh, wrote a reappraisal of Under the Cherry Moon calling it a better film than Purple Rain whoa yeah and stating the film's negative reception at the time had been a result of people expecting the film to be like Prince's previous film okay
3: this guy just sounds like he wants to be that guy mm-hmm. who's got the hot yeah. prince
2: tick. sounds like reverse appraisal of singing in the rain in american in paris yeah right day, exact, like, yeah being
3: like actually american paris is better yeah, than no America. it's like no 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 it's no. not we get it you, <laughs> you might be a hardcore fan but you're a hardcore <laughs> wrong fan yeah
2: um but for the most part yeah i found that if you look through reviews it's mainly like prince fans who reviewed it and so yeah, of course, but even they are pretty honest. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're loud, right. like, this is the greatest movie. They're like, yeah, Prince is great, but movies aren't his thing, is mostly yeah. what I read. So. <laughs> As for accolades, this film was a multiple winner, as we mentioned, at the seventh Golden Raspberry Awards. It won five awards. Worst picture, worst actor, and worst director for Prince. <laughs> worst supporting actor for Jerome Benton. And worst original song, Love or Money. Which, again, wrong, guys. Because you thought it was that song, but no, it was right, Love or Money. Right, Actually, fuck. Love or Money, I thought, was an okay song. It wasn't terrible. No, no, it wasn't too, like fucking bad. Christopher Tracy's goddamn just parade oh, dude, was like, like, It's just all dude, this It's show, the oh, most egocentric fucking
3: thing in it's the world It's so bad And then it was um, also nominated for uh, Worst Supporting Actress and Worst <laughs> News Star Poor Kristen Scott Thomas right. Didn't stand a chance again,
2: again, who would go on to win Oscars And become a very successful actress right, Started uh, at the bottom, now I think, they're here I think she's even an OBE Oh, really? Yeah, exactly. Uh, order of right. the British Empire, right. if you don't know what that means. Right. Um,
3: uh, and it was nominated for Worst Screenplay, also.
2: And it was also nominated for a Stinkers Bad Movie Award. <laughs> we're,
1: now
2: we're going to have to do an yeah, episode the about episode, uh, fucking the stinkers, stinkers Bad Movie Award. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> this movie came out on July 2nd, 1986. I was not yet born. I would be born in a few months. Other movies that came out this day: The Great Mouse Detective and Psycho Three, and some other movies that were released around this time. Uh, one of my favorites: the all-time classic Aliens, The Karate Kid Part Two,
3: and Stand By Me. Hell yeah! Some great movies mm-hmm. out and around mm-hmm. then. Uh, music also fucking great this yeah. week. Finally, the big man. The the, the, the big Mac man. Dog. The Mac Daddy, dude. <laughs> He's he here. Uh, Michael <laughs> The song number one in the United States at that point was On My Own by oh, fucking Miss Patty LaBelle featuring Michael McDonald. Yeah, Michael um, McDonald rules. Song. He's so He's smooth. He's the best. He's so fucking
1: smooth.
3: Yes. And then in the UK, it was Papa Don't Preach by Madonna. Yes.
1: I think that's a pretty not damn bad good song. Yeah, yeah, not
3: bad.
2: Yeah, that's probably song. one of my favorite uh, Madonna yeah. songs.
3: Yeah, and uh, in April of that year, so a few months ago, uh, in this time, "Kiss" by Prince and the Revolution was the number one song yes. off of the soundtrack of this album.
2: So once again, they couldn't line that up correctly. Correct. I, it's funny <laughs> because we're—it's the same thing. "Wild Wild West" actually would uh, charted after the movie came out, but um this one this one the it it also kind of feels like this movie is an afterthought for the album like he wanted to do a concept album and then they were like oh what if he made a movie and then that like became a a fun idea to do yeah exactly and he just (laughs) went because again like i cannot stress enough how much goddamn money prince was making at this time he was on top of the world and he could do no wrong. And this is kind of like when, you know, you hit the zenith and start the fall back down to earth. Yeah. This was part of that. And there's lots of stories. It's actually funny. I was reading an article. So, like, in this movie at the Being, it says, like, per, it's a, a, I can't remember the names. It was three names. Like, a something-something production. Yep, yep. Those were his lawyers oh really yeah and he ended up firing them like a year or two after this because he had just spent so much freaking money on everything it was one of his albums that came out after after this it was i think maybe the album right after this um and on the tour for it they just spent so much money on these like crazy elaborate sets like part of the set was a basketball court and shit like he was just out of control you know and and so like uh This is just part of that whole, like, spiraling. Oh, yeah, lawyers were probably like, Mm -hmm. dude,
3: what the fuck? Right,
2: they're like, (laughs) you're going to have to make us producers. Oh, my God, man. So, uh, in video games, June that year, Nintendo released Super Mario Bros. 2 in Japan. However, that game was not released in North America, partially because it was deemed too difficult for us white idiots, (laughs) basically, by the (laughs) Japanese. Um, However, it was... Eventually, it made its way over uh, when it was packaged with Super Mario All Stars as Super Mario Brothers: The Lost Levels, which a lot of people remember as being hard as fuck right from the very, very beginning. Yeah. So yeah, they were probably right about how that game wouldn't have done well in America. Yeah, we made
3: simple, attainable things. Yes.
2: And instead, we got Super Mario Brothers 2, which is pretty fondly remembered, even though it was just a reskinning of the game Doki Doki Panic which was a game that was made for a festival in Japan because, I don't know, Japan. (laughs) They're they're weird and cool (laughs) like that. Um, And also, kind of an interesting thing uh, for you super nerds, Texas Instruments released the TMS 34010, a CPU with graphics oriented instructions. Eventually, this would power such arcade games as Hard Driving, Smash TV, Mortal Kombat, and NBA Jam.
3: Wow. That's crazy that we can thank a company that makes calculators for NBA change. <laughs> well, they make computers. Yeah, well. So they make computer I remember chips. I for calculators. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's what
2: everybody remembers them for. True. That is the first thing I think when I read Yeah, and anyf- Yeah.
3: Anytime anybody sees Texas Instruments. Graphing calculators. Oh, my God. So,
2: uh, Dylan, when does this... What is this movie about? Okay. So... Because <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened in this movie so except for So, you
3: summed it up pretty basic good a little plot. bit ago by saying that... It is essentially just a elongated music video. So what we're dealing with here is Prince kind of just being Prince. Like he's this womanizing man. He's like can't do any wrong. He's a bad boy. He's a musician. He's playing piano at a club and he lives with his best friend, And he just and they're gigolos. Yeah, they're gigolos. They're male prostitutes. They're basically just like, who's the richest girl that we can find? Right. And like, uh, how much money does she make? Is she inheriting money? Like, I'm gonna marry her. And then at the beginning of the movie, uh, Prince finds uh, Mary, who becomes our fucking female protagonist in like a newspaper ad.
2: Yeah, that that still <laughs> I didn't get that, and like I, like, I don't understand
3: no- why that was in a newspaper ad, and it because said how she was much like money a- she was inheriting because she was like a socialite, I guess. Right, right, right. And uh, so, so the I guess the main concept of the movie is following Prince's plan to pursue. This woman that he found in a newspaper because and, she's
2: rich. And another woman who's older who is also sleeping with that woman's m- father.
3: Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> it's a complete disaster.
2: And him and the guy from Morris Day in the Time, who is Tricky. named Tricky. So we'll just call him Tricky from now on. Uh, they're sort of flirtatious. To the point that, and I actually think it's really fun in the movie. Like, it's it, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that they like play it to the point of like making a joke out of homosexuality, but they almost get there. And but it's like you can tell that they're such good friends that they're like having fun, so it kind of works at, at that level. But for the most part, they're, they're definitely like flirting the line of like these guys also are like bisexual or something along those lines right, with right. each other. You know, they have some sort of like deeper relationship, but they're also, they call each other cousin. So like, I don't know what's going oh, on. Yeah, it's they're, just, they're just buds. I think it's just Prince again, like they're
3: buds with extra funds.
2: I think it's, but I think it's, it's Prince being, you know, for the time, just again, flirting his weird sort of like androgynous,
3: oh absolutely, absolutely androgynous, but
2: sexually active sort of like, style oh, that dude. he had
3: he's just purposely making his character like ooze sex the entire right. movie
2: but he also he feels as and he does this he did this in his music i think is especially his persona as a musician he's as masculine as he is feminine Oh, absolutely! So it like draws people in, but also repulses them at the same time they're being drawn in by it because it's like confusing and androgynous and weird. You know, I mean, not everyone. Obviously, I'm not just making a blanket statement about that. No, but you know what I mean. Like he's he's alluring because of how strange and off putting he is. At the same time that he is like beautiful and sexy. But what's weird is I don't think he's actually that sexy in this movie. I thought Man, I would never creepy. say. Pretty I thought I would never say that about Prince. I know, because that's <laughs> his
3: whole thing. He's his fucking royal badness. He's right, sexy. And he, he's a womanizer. He fucking.
2: In any music video I've seen, he pulls it off. And yeah. honestly, the part of the movie that he is most sexy in this is the music video at the end of the movie over the credits, which we'll get to yeah, at the very right. end. Right.
3: Um, so we we talked about it a little off air, and we talked about it a little bit a minute ago. But this is. Um, within the year after uh, Purple Rain, so he was riding this high, and he kind of could do whatever he really wanted, and people would kind of pay for it no matter what because it had Prince's name tagged right. onto it. Um, this was, like, the most uh, selfish, like, like self-interest movie. Like, when you're watching it, and it just seems like a movie by Prince for Prince. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's about, like, He's like, what would I do in this situation? Oh, I'd be like ultimately sexy and eventually win the girl who has no interest in me over or whatever and nothing else happens. There's well, nothing yeah, else yeah, happening. Th- <laughs> there's just all these like
2: filler scenes, like a scene where he's like, you think you're so smart, um, you know, whatever your name yeah, is, and he's Mary, trying to play like read the... this word. What does it say? And he writes, wreck Sto yeah on a piece of paper so r uh, w r e c k a s t o w i think is what he writes or s o w e or something like that and she can't figure out that what he's saying is record store but like with you know a black quote-unquote accent or whatever you know like you know urban accent whatever they want to call it and and like it's like kind of like a funny except for prince is totally over like overhamming it way but it's, it just doesn't like do anything for the movie and there's so many scenes like that we're just like okay
3: yeah and he's trying to play like the part of the common man at a couple parts of the movie because obviously mary is like this rich love interest mm. and the reason he's like pursuing her is because she's inheriting this bunch of money but he uh, quote unquote like falls in love with her and he keeps alluding to like her being rich and not knowing like what it's like or whatever and how right. she gets everything handed to her but prince is this filthy rich dude and then in the movie cool. even he's like not he's not playing like a rich guy in the movie but everything he does is rich and lavish like well, he has a crazy of... car crazy outfits and he's yeah, like you don't yeah. know what it's like to be me it's like And what? he gives
2: like he gives like the little like kids Street kid, he gives the little street kids outside his house money, yeah, and stuff. And yeah, he's always like impeccably dressed, yep, in crazy clothes. His hair is yeah, taking the is, bath
3: at the beginning, yeah. and Tricky's like throwing flower petals yeah. Yeah. In okay, it
2: okay, yeah, he's yeah. In there. Like, and then and then looks at his dick. I'm yeah. pretty sure yeah, is yeah, what happens. Sure that, yeah, like, sure it's it just
3: like, what yep. is going on? Yeah, some strange um, stuff happening. Um,
2: I, but the other weird thing, and I brought this up kind of at the beginning. When, and I've brought up, I, I guess, a couple times. When this movie takes place is an interesting way of looking at how Prince conceptually thought of this movie. Because I feel like, like Quentin Tarantino's movies, this movie takes place in movie land. It does not take place in our time. Right? Oh, absolutely. So it feels like the 1930s, but there's references to Sam Cooke. But it also – so some, then parts of it feel like maybe the 60s with, like, some throwback here elements. But at one point, him and Tricky are hanging out in their bedroom, and they're listening to this album. And I was like, I fucking know this album. And then literally the album's sitting right there. It's You're Under Arrest by Miles Davis, the 1985 weird jazz bop-like political album that Miles Hi. put out with, like, the, the like – I don't know. It, it That's not even really the title. The title is actually, like – part of the miranda rights it's like you have the right to remain silent you're under arrest you have the right to remain silent blah 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 But shut the <laughs> hell up like it's like a long ass title and uh so like there's all these weird so- but, but the whole time they're dressed like they're like flappers right yeah but, yeah, but and then, yeah and they have miles davis's like, <laughs> 1985 album she's listening
3: to like morris day kind of sounding music mm-hmm. and, and, and like ob- it's she's at one point she's listening to prince yeah, right. She's when literally
2: he, yeah. listening to a song from Parade yeah. and, like, lying in bed with a weird radio. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, That's so not even pretty...
3: the weirdest radio in the movie. There's a I know. giant
2: radio. Yeah. Oh, and the then,
3: one that the dad likes. Yeah. Turns
2: out. No, 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 no. There's a radio. They In the scene where they play Love or Money, I'm pretty sure it is, He, he. is, he, uh, they're all in the bar, and then he's like, we're changing the music, and they pick up this giant boombox. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He puts it on the piano, and then puts the microphone up to it and it starts playing he starts dancing on the piano and then he grabs the microphone to sing in it and they double up the vocals. Oh like he's God. singing in the microphone but also the... So his album <laughs> exists in the movie's world, I guess. Oh my God, I suppose. Um, so
0: fucking weird.
2: I gotta say though, this is, other than a few songs on it, no- notably Kiss... Um, This is probably one of Prince's worst albums of this period and one of his worst albums of all time. And I think it's all of the weird like songs for this movie that are part of this story, you know, chiefly that are the reason for that, especially as I've mentioned before, Christopher Tracy's fucking goddamn parade, which is such a terrible song. It's got like all these different styles blending in but they don't feel like they're it like doesn't feel like it's in the same key it feels like you're just throwing stuff at the wall and then like can you read just can, would you read these lyrics yeah, please yeah they
3: sound like they're if, you, if you're familiar with like the Canterbury scene yes music like these lyrics seem like something that'd be out of that or some really weird like Acid-induced, yeah. like, I'm, I'm British glad, poem. I'm glad you <laughs>
2: brought up the, the Canterbury scene, because I was like, yeah, it sounds like an old, like, British, like, you know, folk song. Yeah. From, like, like s- the Middle Ages.
3: Seriously mm-hmm. does. Um, so, it goes, everyone come behold Christopher Tracy's parade. Ta-ta!
1: <laughs> <laughs> the show
3: will proceed unless it should rain strawberry Ho-ho, lemonade. Strawberry lemonade! Hopefully that will not occur. The man Ha-ha. above has been paid. Uh, give what you can, all you can stand. <laughs> And all your life will be made. Tatin. And then it says, uh 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 like five times and then it goes everyone should come and dig Christopher Tracy's piano, the chord strikes, the devil no like, so he runs into his evil car. <laughs> like, it's just I don't know, and
2: I know What the it, fuck? Well Prince like is has a really interesting way of writing songs. Like if you yeah. look at pretty much any of his songs including like his most accessible shit like when doves cry or whatever yeah, like, like raspberry there's
3: raspberry beret yeah and, and raspberry, beret.
2: raspberry beret is a super interesting way of how the melodies like come together yeah. there's one song in this movie and i can't think of it off the top of my head there's one song and it's like playing when he's like driving around like halfway you know three quarters of the way through the movie and i was like this is kind of cool it's like it, it, it's a song that has like this like descending line, and it's like, you know, kind of like a blues sort of style of lyricism. Like, you know, you left me now, like now look at you sort of style yeah, of lyrics. Yeah. But like it's it's really funky, but it's different. And like so he was in a great experimenter. But in this particular case, this is like when the experiment doesn't work and there's just so yeah. much it's just tonally dissonant to the point where like I can't listen to it. this song yeah, is like, overlapping what? yeah <laughs> it's like this there's like these strings in the song over like the funkier sort of like baseline and beats and they're just not the tonally do not fit with each other right, at all right. they're just like all over the place in the whole thing and i get it i guess he's going because i feel like it's going for this like funky medieval sort of feel but just no Is not work Yeah I'm glad
3: you mentioned The score too Because there's so many Parts of the movie Where like Drum machine Something will happen Yeah and then The scene will cut And it's like Yeah (speats) yeah. (政治) There's one that Like I like Jumped a little bit It was like I was like What the fuck And there's like like Yeah it'll be like A like a old style like like a roaring twenties like style party, and then the scene cuts. It's like
2: right, and like that's like the whole score is like that, and it's so wacky. Like so, like this scene near the end where so like basically the way it plays out, he falls for the girl as you said, and then the father doesn't like it, so he you know conflict and then he takes her out, and they like blah, 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 and then the father gets some guys to hunt him down and fucking he gets shot all right but you already know this because one of the first lines of the movie is like he died for one of these women that he loved so like the movie already tells you he's gonna die at the end right off the bat and exactly um and so and so like once once it's over, <laughs> and then and then I should mention the music video at the end is him in heaven.
3: Yeah. Oh my did god. Did you did dude. you realize? Oh yeah. I, I, absolutely, it, it, it panned up to the it sky. <laughs> dawned
2: on me after though that was the thing. I was like, I watched the movie, and then I was like doing stuff, and I was like at work or whatever the next day, and then it just hit me. I was like, wait, he was in heaven in that music video. <laughs> like, he, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what is going on here? But so, um, I just felt that. In doing the movie the way he did it, it it felt more like you like very specifically. I know we talked about the music video thing a lot tonight, but very specifically, it felt like, all right, we have a music video, right? Idea, and the music video idea is like it's like the Roaring Twenties, and you are like a gigolo piano player guy, and you're like sexy, and then this girl sees you and she's like, oh, and like you it's kind of like the graduate you know like her mother's hot too and like it feels like there's this like the like general idea and it's like and then her father he's the evil guy and he's like powerful and he kills you poof, at the end yeah. and <laughs> if you just cut all of that into a music video like the basic plot structure of it which you could very simply that would be a pretty good music video
1: yeah so it's like they
2: had that and then they just filled that in with all these nonsense scenes that were like uh just some of it was just so like why is this happening why is this going on it doesn't it doesn't further any like theme or anything about it it just like serves to make prince I think he looks good. Right. And but like we were talking like
3: about good. earlier, we could you could definitely cut that into like you could cut this thing into like a horror movie too. Yeah. He's for like sure. W-
2: yeah, he's it's like blade runner levels of like, whoa Prince, you're getting a little like possessive creepy and like I will say he doesn't get to like, you know he doesn't actually get to blade runner levels where he forces himself upon her, but it's like kinda close.
3: You know, definitely. Like he's like, I'm gonna get this girl.
2: Yeah, and it's one of it's one of those things about movies from that time period, especially the late '80s, where it was like the male, good looking lead character. You don't question it. You know, even Han Solo, that was like, you don't question that the female is gonna be like, oh, and just fall into this character's arms. Right it really doesn't work when the character is so distasteful you yeah, know Yeah, you right. can be charmed by certain characters even though by now na- obviously by today's standards it's like all those movies it's like oh this is not yeah, a lot good of you know don't really yeah you like try. maybe our parents generation was okay with that but like i'm n- i like don't feel okay with a lot of nope. that shit obviously but like Han solo as a character or Deckard as a character, maybe not Deckard as much, but they're 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 charming enough as characters. Like Prince didn't pull that off in right, this movie, yeah, you man, know? Not at all. He does in the Purple Rain music video where he plays the same exact fucking character. He's yeah. like a cool dick who's hot and he knows it, and he's gonna get the girl by yeah. any means necessary. And it's like he grabs her passionately. When you script that it and you have to put words behind it, it turns into
3: this, yeah, under so. the cherry moon for sure.
2: What is a? I'm gonna make you go first since you picked it. What's your star rating? I'm gonna give it a rating. two. going gonna give it a two, okay.
3: yeah. I'll give it a solid two.
2: So, under average,
3: under average right. for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is certainly yeah. under average. Um, if you're a Prince fan in like the slightest and you haven't seen it, kind of like the we talked about when we were talking about the critical response of it. It's definitely worth a watch just because you right. see, like, at least he's consistent with his eccentric uh, style of right, creating. Right. You know, it's not like when you're watching it, if you're familiar with Prince at all, it's you're, you're not really alarmed by any of it. You know, you're not alarmed about how he's making himself into being this, like, holier-than-thou right, now person. Right. Um, as a movie itself, it... Um, nothing happens. Yeah. Nothing happens. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing. There's nothing. Yeah, no, it's not
2: even like there, there's a few funny lines. Like, yeah, there's like, some you, laughable stuff. What does he yell about? The, he's like, you're
3: di- You forgot your diaper. Oh no. He's, what does he say? He's like, uh, uh, she's, he's talking about like her boyfriend, like guys that she sees or something. She's like, they're wearing like, some he's like, they're not doing this. And he's like, well, because they're probably wearing diapers.
1: And then yeah, he like, storms yeah, yeah. Something out of the like
3: globe. that, yeah. He basically says, like, guys that she sees are babies. Right. There's you know?
2: a few lines here and there. There's that definitely are...
3: laughable stuff that isn't meant to be laughable, which kind of brings some joy to it. You... And there's some good cinematography in it. Like, right. It, it does look pretty good. And
2: if you like, like, funny, bad acting, there's that.
3: Definitely. Uh, and it doesn't really take itself too seriously for, for the most part. Like, some parts, it, it kind of, you can see it's trying to. Uh, But it's not really over the top in that. No, I'd say...
2: It's too goofy to be anything. Yeah. But then it all of a sudden gets like all maudlin at the end and fucking, you know, Tricky's like crying over his dead body and it's like, what the fuck is this I
3: wouldn't say you have to see it, but like, if you have any interest in watching it, I wouldn't tell you not to.
2: I would echo our critic from earlier, if you are a rabid Prince fan... Yeah, you, you'd probably enjoy it more than yeah, anyone else. Oh, definitely. I'm going to echo you as well. It's a two. It's under average, bad film, but not worst of the worst. And, like, I mean, part of me wanted to shut it off, but another part of me just wanted to see if anything was going to – if it was just going to continue to be the train yeah. wreck that it was.
3: <laughs> and it was. Lo and behold, yeah. <laughs> All right,
2: so we're going to take a quick break, and then we will return for 19 oh, – I've been, like, not talking to my mic for, like – too long but whatever yeah you're good we'll edit it in post we'll return (laughs) in a second for yeah (laughs) showgirls
0: have brown rice and vegetables. Do you like brown rice and vegetables? Yeah. You do. Sort of.
1: Really?
3: It's worse than dog food. <laughs> it is. I've had dog
0: food. Las Vegas anything goes enjoy it while you can i'm about to end it all
2: so showgirls is a 1995 erotic drama film written by joe esterhaz and directed by Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> I don't ever know, actually, know how to say his name. I say Paul Verhoeven, but I don't think that's Ver, how you actually Ver, say it.
3: Verhoeven. Verhoeven. Verhoeven.
2: You know who he is. Paul he Verhoeven. Direct, yeah, the guy who directed RoboCop. It stars former teen actress Elizabeth Berkley. I- Kyle McLaughlin and Gina Gershon, and the film centers on a street smart drifter who ventures to Las Vegas and climbs the CD hierarchy from stripper to showgirl. It was produced on a then-size I like to say a then-sizable budget. It's still a sizable budget of $45 million. However, significant controversy and hype surrounding the film's amounts of sex and nudity preceded its theatrical release in the United States. The film was rated NC-17 for nudity and erotic sexuality throughout.
3: Rightfully so.
2: Yes, there's many, may, may, may women's breasts.
3: Yeah, all over. I said family. a minute ago might be the most boobs I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, in a movie. B-
2: it might even have like and held in some real record. Life. Possibly for that, because there are a lot. It's it desensitizes you to the women woman's body. Um, Esther House had come up with the idea for Showgirls while on vacation at his home in Maui during lunch in Beverly Hills. Verhoeven told Esterhaus that he'd always loved big MGM musicals and wanted to make one. And Esterhaus suggested the setting of Las Vegas based on an idea he scribbled on a napkin because he's a lucky fuck, he was advanced $2 million to write the script and picked up an additional $1.7 million.
3: That's a pretty uh, elaborate way to say that he went to a strip club and wanted to make a movie about it. <laughs> pretty
1: much, yeah. What an <laughs> elaborate lie! Like, yeah, I like lie. actually
3: really like uh, MGM style yeah, yeah. musicals. Yeah, they're great. It's like, no, he just got back from the strip club with like a napkin that says like, <laughs> right. like, the, yeah, the guys, golden banana on. These it. guys
2: <laughs> definitely, definitely have all their best intentions. Yeah,
3: right. Yeah, It's just a, it was just an epiphany um, that he had. Yeah,
2: and uh, Joe Esther has he probably know of something he's worked on he's known as being a big he was known as being a big hollywood punch-up writer who when a script was not good for a big movie they'd call him in and he would punch it up with he would punch it up (laughs) with fun lines and and cool scenes to make this the film
3: better yeah he was was the fix-it man
2: And he, I also, I believe he wrote, like, Fatal Attraction. He's written a couple of famous movies,
3: so. Oh, cool. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, we got some decent taglines. I mean, more than one. We got a lot of taglines. Because
2: yeah. they really were trying to sell this movie by any means necessary yeah, because they spent $45 fuck. million on it.
3: Yeah. They needed to reel in anybody that they could. Right. Uh, so, some taglines we got here are sex, seduction, and betrayal. That's right. That's a pretty good one. Uh, leave your inhibitions at the door. That's not that great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> beyond your wildest dreams, beyond your wildest fantasies. Uh, that sounds like something that would be on the door at a showgirl's theater. Yes. Um, <laughs> the show is about to begin. Yeah. Sensual, controversial, available.
1: <laughs> whoa. whoa!
3: Whoa! Um, The most controversial <laughs> movie of the year is here. It was. Uh, the girls are back in town when they re-released. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm getting, getting yeah, from that? Yeah, I Is guess. They yeah. <laughs> the movie. Um, the side of Vegas you were never meant to see. Uh, I don't think... I've never been to Vegas, but I don't think that's true. Yeah, I know. Isn't I, that, like, what well, people Well, no, do? I think
2: they're referring to all the bad Oh,
3: things, yeah, you know? like the business behind yeah. it. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I think people go to Vegas to see, like... Showgirls. I, I
2: think they go to Vegas to gamble. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's there. It's in a, it takes place in a casino. Um, so the budget was forty-five million dollars, like we said before. Uh, they gave the movie like twenty taglines. They reeled in everything they could to try and get people to make it worth its money. It wasn't. Uh, it made about thirty-seven point eight million dollars. Yeah,
2: it was a. It was definitely a movie, though that would then uh, have a resurgence later, but we'll get to that in a sec, Uh, because it won a then-record seven Golden Raspberries uh, from an also-record 13 nominations, which is a record that still stands, including Worst Picture, Worst Actress for Elizabeth Berkeley, Worst Director for Paul, Worst Screenplay for Joe, Worst New Star for Elizabeth, Worst screenplay couple? Any combination of two people or two body parts?
3: (laughs) Is that literally what (laughs) it was? That is what it was. Oh my god, that is awesome.
2: And uh, where's I, I actually think it should have gone to her and Kyle. Really, but I get it. It's a joke award. And worst original song uh, for David A. Stewart and Terry Hall's Walk Into the Wind, which is pretty bad (laughs) song. Properly awarded. I feel like nobody wanted to touch this movie. I feel like Hollywood saw what was coming with this. Um, But we have a fun thing, so we're going to come back to this in the second one. Uh, Nobody came to uh, get the Under the Cherry Moon award, but uh, the Razzies does have a a small contingent of people who have come to accept their awards. Usually it's in a joking fashion, and usually it's not someone who's directly related to the film. However, in this case, uh, Paul Verhoeven did appear and uh, accepted the award, the Razzie. He was a good sport about this. Wow, that's awesome. Good guy. They they both were. Um, I actually have a quote down here somewhere, I thought, from them. I guess not. I thought I had saved it. But there was a, a couple of quotes from them where they were like, yeah, you know... Um, I guess it didn't work out the way we, we planned. Like it wasn't what, it wasn't what, oh, what we a meant. a good sport. Uh, yeah. What a good sport. <laughs> like whatever, it's bad. Yeah. However, some critics, um, have a different idea on that. Uh, including, uh, the filmmaker Jim Jeremouche, the director of Jim Jarmusch, uh, and their defense Jogers as a serious satire. I kind of believe this too. um, He called it one of, um, sorry here, uh, Jacques Rivette called it one of the great American films of the last few years. Though very unpleasant, it's about surviving in a world populated by assholes. And that's Verhoeven's philosophy. Quentin Tarantino also has stated that he enjoyed Showgirls. Referring to it as the only other time in the last 20 years that a major studio made a full-on, gigantic, big-budget exploitation movie, comparing it to Mandingo.
3: Jeez. Yeah. Okay, so that like I can look at it more as an exploitation movie mm. than well, a satire. I kind of, but I th- think the two can kind of float amongst the same uh, buoy. Well, it's you know, it's,
2: I also think think of it like a in a uh, a celebration of camp is another way of looking at it. It's kind of akin to like Priscilla, the Queen of the Desert, which is another film that I absolutely love. In the But that one, I think more people like that one was critically praised. Um, But it's it just celebrates how ridiculous it is. You know, it revels in how out of control everything is in the movie. And it just keeps getting like more and more crazy. And every like it said, everyone's
3: a fucking asshole in this movie. Everyone, every single person. Everyone. There's not, yeah, there's no one who isn't an asshole. Yes.
2: I would like to make the argument that this film is feels more. Like a western Than Wild Wild West Does You know Okay
3: before Before you dig into that Molly's not an asshole
2: No Molly's the She only, is yeah, The
3: one I just thought about that She true, is the true. one character Who isn't a complete And utter dick. No
2: yeah The whole time I'm watching I'm like get away from
3: it I her. know, yeah. Like, she's just in the shittiest situation. Like, yep. why did she bring her house? Yep. Anyways, dig more into this Wild Wild West thing because this is an well, awesome thing. Well,
2: I just feel like the way that okay, so like Wild Wild West takes place in the West and all that shit, right? And I hate this argument. I get, in, I actually got into an argument with a guy, and you saw it on Instagram months ago about films being westerns, and I I consider a film to be a western when it feels like a western it does not have to take place in the American West that is not a qualifier for the film you do not call a movie a western because it takes place in the American West i'm sorry i know and that's just a debate that people who like movies have but to me a film can be a western and take place anywhere anywhere okay it can be in space and i know people would say
0: oh dude, that it's a space western and you're like no <laughs> shut the fuck up it's a
2: western okay <laughs> And that's because Westerns have very specific like rules and ways they play out and all that shit, and movies that take place... That you can start checking those those rules off the list. This is one of them, where you have an asshole protagonist and an even more of an asshole everybody else who breezes on into town in the out of the desert, and it, you know is this young bright eyed gunslinger here to, to to set things straight? And then they run across another cowpoke who actually in the movie is a fucking cowgirl and wears a cowboy hat or a cowgirl hat, and and is from Texas. The whole the whole like way that the film plays out, it feels like a true Western, you know, eventually she defeats that and then she rolls back out of town after kicking everybody's ass and being a badass. Like, but that protagonist, I feel like what makes a Western great is that your protagonist is as much of a douchebag as 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 everyone else, because that's how you survive in that harsh world. You know, so to me, showgirls has more qualities akin to that, you know. And, like, granted, this movie is bad in so many ways. Like, Elizabeth Berkeley is out of control. She, she, Someone, the director, needed to tell her to tone it down for every emotional scene that she has in the movie. But, like, maybe he knew what he had and he went, let's just go full on crazy with her. You know? Yeah. Let's make her find out that, like, make her be mad and she goes, ah! And fucking slams her hand on on the top of a car like abruptly. And then and then it's quiet (laughs) immediately after.
3: And then she like just throws the French fries all over the place and she's constantly like she'll go from zero to a hundred like the whole fucking almost every scene. Yeah, it's insane. It's it's so cringy to watch mm -hmm. at some parts.
2: It also is the return of one of my favorite movie tropes, the hateable protagonist. Um, because, like, it's not even a movie where, like sometimes when that comes up, it's because you, you know, there's the hateable protagonist, and then there's the protagonist you hate. and And this is kind of a mixture of both. But I definitely think it leans on you are supposed to not like her. I mean, she literally pushes Crystal down the stairs. Like she has that arc of her turning dark. And in a lot of ways, it kind of follows the gangster movie pattern, the the scarface pattern where, like, the character comes from nothing, rises up, reaches everything, and then loses it and goes back to nothing, you know? Right. So, like, it, 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 it follows those plots, and I think that that's, again, why this one maybe, to me, is why I think why I picked it, is that it's the best movie I could pick out of all these Razzie winners because I think out of all of them that I've seen, it flows most like a film should, and it feels like it's easy to watch. It's enjoyable to watch, and it's ridiculous. It's bad, yes, but like you're not bored. You're not like, what the fuck is going on? Like it flows how a movie should. You understand scene to scene why things are happening, but maybe not what's happening. Like, like okay, I get that her and Kyle McLaughlin are having sex, right? I don't get why they're sex in the pool looks the way it does. Oh, my God, yeah. Know? So,
3: if you've never seen this movie, uh, there's a <laughs> sex scene between uh, Elizabeth and Zach. Yeah. At Zack, they go back to Zack's house, which is preluded by one of the funniest scenes in the entire movie, where they're in uh, Zack's car. Well, they're, they're in Dale Cooper's car. <laughs> and, um, Dale, yeah. <laughs> Agent yeah, like, Cooper. All I could think about was just him being Me fucking too. Cooper. So, they're in his car, and they're leaving like the, the fucking... The showgirl's place. And then he's like, oh, you never told me where we're going. Like, where should I take you? And she just goes, your "Your place. place. And then the camera cuts to the road. And the car is just going, like, a 100 miles an hour down the road. (laughs) She's like, your place. And he, like, looks over. And then it cuts to the car just flying. (laughs) And I thought that was absolutely hilarious. But they go back to his house. One thing leads to another. They fuck in the pool. And this sex scene is Crazy. Like it, it, you have yeah. to watch it. If well, nothing it, else, you have to watch the sex scene. It's it.
2: also prefaced, and you could also watch this one by her lap dance of him, where she does a similar thing. Like she's like straddling him, and then she like leans back and like thrusts and like moves her shoulder. Basically, and just starts going insane. Yeah. yeah, and it's so weird because she does it so dispassionately. She has this like she has just this look on her face the whole time, like. If you've ever seen the, the, the scene in Saved by the Bell where she's like taking the pills and she's oh, like, gosh. I'm so excited. like <laughs> She looks like that throughout the whole movie. She just has this, this like sour puss look on her face. Even right. when she's smiling, there's just something like so like... Like evil. Well, I don't know, today. man. I think I, I almost wonder if she like... um I don't know. this Because this movie, it's funny that like we, we talked a little bit off air about it. And th- this movie, I really think... Has a lot to do with you know like men's control over women and shit, but like it's also a movie that's like made by a bunch of men with a bunch of naked women in it. So like it's kind of like self-aware. Yeah, it's like symptomatic of its own problem or (laughs) whatever you want to put that. But
3: at least it does put like the the women at the helm of like the plot for the most part. Yeah, like your main your main conflict in the movie is. The, uh, Elizabeth Crystal, mm-hmm. the, the Elizabeth Crystal, the Elizabeth Crystal Feud. You I know? mean, that's like your, your pinnacle.
2: Yes, it passes the Betchel test, which neither of the other two films tonight do. Which, if you don't know what that is, the Betchel test is in, in, when you're watching a movie. Note if two women in the movie have a conversation with each other that is not about a man in any way that you can't even like somehow draw back to one of the male characters. This movie has those.
3: Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. It has
2: conversation between women about their lives. Yeah. So there. yes, I'll give it that. You know, that there's none none of that in Under the Cherry Moon. Because own, not in only, a lot, well, yeah, the <laughs> women talk about prince. Yeah, right. Know? yeah. <laughs> so of course there's nobody. Everybody's talking about Prince. Right.
3: In uh, S- uh apparently there's a musical too. I, I don't know if uh, we should touch yes, that. Yes, really we but... will.
2: It's coming up. Okay, I have it okay. down here. Don't All worry. Right, I didn't scare. So <laughs> Despite all of that, poor critical reception and poor box office turnout. Though it's funny, though it it was, if they didn't spend that much money, it would have been a good box office because it did make almost forty million dollars at the box office. Right? Yeah. It made a shitload of money on VHS, DVD, and Blu ray because no shit. Yeah, right? Right. Exactly. It is one of MGM's top 20 bestsellers and has grossed over $100 million in home media
3: alone. That's insane. Cause, that is one of their top 20 bestsellers. Yeah,
2: because Lonely Men in Titties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> it's like softcore porn oh, in a way.
3: Jesus.
2: But uh, this movie was released September 22nd, 1995, alongside such classics as Canadian Bacon, Empire Records, and (laughs) S7N, a.k.a. Seven. (laughs) Um, Some other movies. That's got to be how you say it, right? Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, it's it's S-E, the number seven, E-N, right? S7N. S7N uh movies released around this time the big green halloween the curse of michael myers mall rats get shorty and one of my favorites nick cage's classic leaving las vegas
3: hell yeah yes um music in the time uh, in the United States, was uh, "Gangster's Paradise" by yeah. Coolio. In the U.S., Kidney?
2: they were spending all their lives, yeah, just living in the gangster's paradise. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a fucking great song. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, like, without that, um, the theme song to *Keanu and Kelp didn't exist. So true, we got to be thankful true. for that. Um, <laughs> and in the UK, "You Are Not Alone" by Michael Jackson was the number one song, which is mm. a great song. Yeah, it's it's a little. S- it's so definitely slow. It's it's like definitely, a, ballad, it's, it's yeah. like definitely a, a. I mean, yeah, it's a ballad for sure, but it's one of the ballads that he does that isn't like I don't about know, it doesn't a rat. Like bore, yeah, it does also doesn't <laughs> it's bore like me ben. to fucking tears, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah.
2: In video games released around this time, uh, for the arcade Tekken Two. One of my favorite fighting game series, Tekken. I think it's the best fighting game series personally, but that's just me, especially Tag Tournament. Uh, also, Rayman was released for the PS1, uh, the first game in the Rayman series, and The Secret of Evermore for the SNES. So, even in '95, still getting some SNES games. Um, November on November fifth, GameFAQs debuts on the web as an archive of video game FAQs or nice. frequently asked questions. Yeah, very good database. I guess, is that would that be I always say it as game facts like when Me I read too. it in my yeah, head game yeah facts. I think it's actually game FAQs cuz that's what it is but whatever Yeah it definitely uh, yeah fuck Still, they're still going strong. Yeah, I I guess we could send an email and ask how it's pronounced. We'll
3: we'll get the answer for that in episode uh, 34. (laughs) No, you won't.
2: (laughs) Um, I will. And also, uh, Nintendo, for the very first time this year, unveiled a playable version of the Nintendo Ultra 64, aka the Nintendo 64, at the 7th annual Nintendo Space World Software Exhibition in Japan. 13 games were demonstrated, but only two were in a playable form Kirby Ball 64. And Super Mario
3: 64 Hell yeah Yes So that's always fun stuff So this was your pick
2: Yes this was my pick I thoroughly enjoy this movie I do think it is a A true uh, Hard satire And like I was kind of saying before I think it is a film that Forces you to look at things And not look away It almost does like what Ari Aster does with with Horror um, like it just uh, lingers on stuff a bit too long for comfort, and uh, keeps escalating its themes. Um, like so, it it, I think one of the big themes is uh, you know, and so like trigger warning. If you are gonna watch this film, um, there is a probably I think one of the most brutal rape scenes, albeit it's length is sh- very short. Um, in this film, and it's presented in such a like over the top dramatic way and it and it happens to the most innocent character in the film and it's just there's a lot I think said in it so like again if you are looking at this film you know, from an analytic analytics uh, standpoint analytical standpoint I should say um I think that's one of the biggest themes in this movie is women being raped and the being you know controlled by men in a sexual nature. Like <laughs> I can't really think of another way of putting that. So I feel like the escalation leads you to a point where the director is literally saying to you, look at it, fucking look at it. Look is look what is happening. You're allowing this to happen. This is ju- you know, this control is no different from the control that they're experiencing. You know, because I think it's also the fact that it happens to Molly it's she's the, the character who's not a stripper. You know She's the costume designer. She's like the friend, she's like the girl next door sort of character, and all these other ones. She's the only, as you said, the only character who's not an asshole yeah, in the whole the movie. Entire thing, you yeah. know the only one who doesn't, quote unquote, in your movie mind, deserve any sort of punishment. So I think that the movie actually confronts you with, like, oh, so you think that Crystal deserves to be punished?" Well, guess what? None of them deserve to be punished. No one deserves to go through the shit they're going through. Right. And so I think it's also interesting that like Nomi and Crystal's, you know, resolution as characters isn't as enemies; it's as friends, because they realize no, all those men did all that's all bullshit. Yeah. You know, Crystal's like did what they had to do. In the end, Crystal's like, I got a settlement. I'm I'm all set. Yeah. And I don't have to do that shit anymore. And then Nomi's like, I'm out of this shit too. You know, they they survive in spite of it and they actually transcend them. So it's like, even though they're fighting each other throughout it, it's at the behest of someone else's control. Right. You know? They're
3: doing what they need to do as an individual right. to put themselves higher up right. in a situation that is just in your face oppressing right. them.
2: Right. right. Gina Gershon isn't the bad guy. It's Kyle McLaughlin with his emo haircut. Yeah. Oh you know? Jesus. yeah. Oh God. And, it, it looks like the so, missing guy from right, the fucking Metro, right.
3: like, uh, was it Metro Station? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Motion <laughs> City Soundtrack. That's what so I was thinking
2: in, uh, So, like, and, they, and people involved in it knew it. Like, in 1997, Esther House said, clearly we made mistakes. Clearly it was one of the biggest failures of our time. It failed commercially, critically. It failed on videotape. It failed internationally. Actually, that was, yeah, was 97. He was say, wrong yeah, about videotape. Yeah, it might have spoken yeah. a little too soon. Um, one part of that. Uh, and he even said that rape scene was a god-awful mistake. In retrospect, a terrible mistake. And musically, it was eminently forgettable. That he was definitely right about. Um, and he also said casting mistakes were made. So I think that what, while you can make an argument like I did for that scene being important in what the movie's overall theme is, I do think that it is too much it's like you know in Robocop he got pulled back from doing that stuff and you didn't have the extreme violence that he wanted to put on there and I guess you could debate either way whether or not that's good or bad but like in this film I think that like the implication would have served as much with the character I think actually seeing the raw brutality of it is just like distasteful honestly you know what i mean like it
3: totally is
2: it 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 feels like rubbing it it, there's a side of it that feels like rubbing it in the face so like as much as i said you know i feel kind of conflicted about this film in a lot of ways especially when it comes to that one particular scene but i do think that like you can you can look at it either way pretty strongly so it's, it's tough you know
3: yeah it's it's heavy and it's like, a, definitely a, a trigger warning mm-hmm. for sure if you haven't yeah. seen this movie and you, you want to watch it, if that's something that you can't. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's, it's,
2: it's yeah. bad. I mean, just to, to, to say it's brutal isn't really good. But it, just like, you know, brutal is brutal. Yeah. So remember yeah, that. Exactly. Pick up that word if you don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah,
3: I guess. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you need to look um, up a fucking Webster definition of brutal. <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin
2: <laughs> said, I was absolutely gobsmacked. I said... This is horrible. Of course he did. <laughs> he said, this is horrible. Horrible. It's a very slow sinking feeling when you're watching the movie. Um, yeah, you know, he said you know, all that stuff, but like, I think that like the resurgence in it, I think that like what the movie, the movie's enjoyable and, and emotional. And I think that's what the other two movies tonight didn't bring to the table if there's one thing that you will take away after watching one thing that will happen to you when you watch showgirls is you will be filled with many different emotions and they will be extreme emotions. And it's not just the emotions of confusion and boredom like the other two movies. It's more, you know, you have, you, you, you you run the spectrum from laughing out loud at the stupidity to being drawn in by certain scenes to being completely disgusted by other scenes like, it goes all over the place. Yeah. So, um, what do you think?
3: Um, dude, it's at. I, I was the same way like you were with, um, Under the Cherry Moon at first. Like, about 30 minutes in, I was like, I don't think I can do this a- yeah. anymore. You know, I almost had to just stop it and give it another go. But, like you said, it, it is a bit of a whirlwind of things. Um, the acting is bad. Um, not bad enough to. Like push you away from it just for that. Right. It's sort it's borderline like bad good acting. Um, conceptually it does keep you interested. Like you know what's going on, which is enough to keep keep me into it. Right. It's like if I didn't have a bias of having seen Under the Cherry Moon before, or at least being into Prince, I would not want to watch it. Right. <laughs> it really. Right. You know. But it does have a plot that drives, and there's suspense, there's twists, there's there's something yeah. in it for you. I don't um, don't think it's for everybody. No, um, I don't think it's really necessarily worth a rewatch at, after seeing I it did. once. You know, that's <laughs> just me personally. <laughs> yeah. um, but I I can you know I get it. I I I didn't know that exploitation quote, and that kind of makes me think of it differently. Right, and I will watch it again looking at it more satirical and like expletive. Oh yeah. Because that is probably the best message that you can pull from this is that they're really showing you a lot of the problematic things that are happening in front of everyday people's Mm -hmm. eyes, you know?
2: Right. And I just think that there, there's too many instances and lines and scenes. Like I can't, I cannot fathom that they weren't, shooting that pool sex scene we mentioned and they weren't like this is hilarious this is one of the this is fucking ridiculous you know like there and there's plenty of lines like that too the, the the script itself is peppered with stuff like that
3: you know Yeah yeah so i mean they had to have been aware at a certain point that like the serious line that they're trying to say right now is actually hilarious mm-hmm. or that like you said the sex scene is just way over the right. top or like Pretty much all of Nomi's scenes in the first act of the movie are just so eccentric and so, right. like...
2: Well, and I think, again, it's a film that makes you uncomfortable, and I think that they meant for you to feel uncomfortable, you know? You're not supposed to like Nomi because she's too strong of a woman, you know? Like, that's it's unfathomable that she is the way she is. Right. It's also unfathomable that Crystal is the way she is, you know? And mm-hmm. then you find out later that they're not really like that. They've been driven to that sort of like caged animals, you know? Right. And so I think you can take that a lot of different ways. I don't really know because I'm not a woman, so I can't express, like, what my fe- what a woman's feelings are on that. But, like, I'm sure you can look at it as that being, you know, good, but also bad from a feminist angle or whatever, you know, that, like... What, you know, the women being caged, essentially is what that like industry can be, especially if it's run by m- pimps and men. You know, right? Yeah, exactly.
3: So, yeah, I just, he makes a good point. I forget what his name is. The guy who, um who like she gets fired from the club dancing with him, and like the uh he makes a dance routine for her, but ends up sleeping with. The oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, um, the, when,
2: um, Oh, I forget his name. Yeah, like,
3: it's, um, fucking.
2: But also, like, like the other males in the film, like he's presented as wanting her for substantive reasons. Well,
3: yeah, but when he's when he's uh, when he sees Zach pull up in the car, and he gets out and said like says hi to her, and she thanks him for the flowers, and he's like, oh, he gave you those. Like, he's a pimp. And she's like, no, he's not. He's, like, the show director. And he's like, yeah, that's what I said. That's he's a I, pimp. Nope. Yeah. Nope. It's like, that's putting it right out mm-hmm. there, right on the line. Exactly. Like, exactly.
2: But really, so is that guy. Right. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's not any better.
0: Right. You know? Well,
2: because and also I think, like, like Elizabeth's character is s- supposed to be, like, uh, you know, so genuine. She's, like, the farm girl rolled off the, you know, rolling into town and, like, she doesn't understand until she experiences his, uh, you know, his dishonesty with her about that. That like you know, love to certain people doesn't mean the same thing it means to her. You know, right, and shit yeah. like that. I just feel compared to the other the other two movies, I can't think of what substantively what under the cherry moon or wild Wild west is saying other than prince is cool and will smith is cool like that's what those two movies really that's their message i think that this movie whether or not you like it has a clear message yeah there's definitely a bigger thematic point to it
3: yeah um i did think it was a little like not unnecessary but i thought it was weird when they threw it i thought it was weird that they threw in like her troubled past out of nowhere. Yeah, like that movie. she's really named
2: Polly Ann and they made the joke that they called her Pollyanna. Yeah. Like she right. was like, and you she's know, like, naive. And then her name's actually Polly Ann. Like yeah, yeah,
3: and like yeah, they they're asking her for personal information and she's like dodging questions and doesn't know her so- or won't oh, say her social yeah, security, social security number, number and like stuff like that. And then yeah. all of a sudden uh McLaughlin's character like lists off her whole like criminal record and everything right. and, and then and then nothing happens of that. And then they just brush, they just like say like oh you had a troubled past and you're a criminal and then yep. she just continues yeah I was like oh that's like weird that they tagged <laughs> that Um uh, so what you what would you think of it where are you putting um, this one your pick. I
2: am gonna give this one a four
3: whoa yeah. yeah
2: it's not in the canon but I do think it's a good movie
3: whoa yeah wow yeah yeah, i'm gonna bump I'm, if you could see me i'm shook right now you are I'm shook. shook.
2: I well i picked it and yeah, i picked true. it because i i thought it was the best like i said i thought it was the best movie that has come out of the uh the razzies for best you know best worst picture i should say okay um, Okay. and mainly i think it's it's because out of all of them i don't think any of those films have a, a true real message or passion behind them like this does, um, even though it is bad, you know, yep. I think it, and I think it's above average in that it does so much in the, in the context of what it is, I
3: guess. Right. You know, Yeah, that makes sense.
2: What about, what about you? Yours is much um, lower, I'm guessing. <laughs> a
3: little bit. Um, I'm gonna continue my wave of the first one. And I'm going to give this a two. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, though, that that number is subject to change when I watch it again with thinking about it. As I said, like I'm going to rewatch it, mm. thinking of it as a satire and like an exploitation movie, because I feel like that could like if I if I think about that while I'm watching the whole thing, it might make it a little, a little bit beefier for me. But on a first watch, I wasn't really thinking about that. Uh, it's. I don't know, like, man, it's there's a lot of weird shit going on, and it gets really uncomfortable at parts, and it's just like there's parts of it that are just straight up distasteful. Yeah. uh, With with no better way to put it, other than just being like intended. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. which makes sense. But like, (laughs) you know, like your everyday viewer isn't gonna think about that as intently, and even though you should be, but like, there's just yeah, there's just a lot of like really weird distasteful stuff.
2: Two. Well, before we roll on, I also like to mention that there is a sequel to this movie, uh, Showgirls 2, Pennies from Heaven, in which Rena Riffle reprises her role as Penny uh, from the f- first movie, and it is essentially the same plot, and, but it's more comedic, intendedly comedic, I guess. Yeah. And as you mentioned, there is also an off-off-Broadway parody called Showgirls. Uh, exclamation point! The musical, <laughs> and uh, it was mounted by Bob and Tolby McSmith of Medium Face Productions, and uh, actually actress Rena Riffle reprised her role as Penny for one month of the production.
3: You so, know, it's another funny thing I read about that too that? is that uh, so a lot of it obviously is pulled right from the movie. Like, there's a lot of dialogue and like recreated scenes and everything um uh kyle mclaughlin's character zach in the musical is just kyle mclaughlin that's what the, that's in the musical his character they just call him kyle mclaughlin instead of beautiful. Zach. I'm like,
2: Jesus. That's be- yeah well because i i would mention too. this room has this room this movie has a cult following like the room yeah not as big but uh it's definitely has a big cult following and yeah, that's part of it. It's this kind of these inside jokes or about the movie where like, nobody calls him Zach. Everybody calls him Kyle McLaughlin because right. that's, you know, <laughs> he's like the, one of the few famous actors in it. You know? Yeah.
3: Like if you didn't watch saved by the bell, He's the only person you recognize for right. it, you know? Maybe
2: Gina Gershon. I mean, she's pretty famous. Right. Yeah, yeah, true.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I recognize her. But
2: other than that, not too much. Right. So yeah,
3: exactly. Well, especially at the time, too. Like yeah. Coming yeah, out yeah, in, like, yeah. 95, like, he's the dude that you're recognizing definitely, in that. Definitely.
2: So we're going to take a quick a a break, and then we will come back and stroll and roll and bounce into the wild, wild west. Ugh. The Wiki Wiki Wild West. Your pick. Wiki Wiki Wild Group. <laughs> thanks. Wiki Wiki. Thanks.
0: The babysitter's here. Come on downstairs. But me and playing Wild Wild West. I have to leave soon, Eric. But me, me and Artemis Cloud Frog still have to do our love scene with Summer Hayek. Come down as soon as you're done. Well, I'm a Rip with want break out before you get bum rushed
2: When I the When I the When I the we Wiki 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 Wild Wild West is nineteen ninety-nine american steampunk western action comedy film co-produced and directed by barry Sonnenfeld, produced by john peters and written by ss wilson and brent maddock uh is loosely adapted from the wild wild west 1960s tv series created by michael garrison and is the first and so far most recent production featuring the characters from the original television series in 19 years uh it was their first, I should say, in in 19 years. So, it was a weird thing they brought back for, I don't know, somebody who used to watch the Wild Wild West in the 60s. Jeez. And it stars Will Smith as U.S. Army Captain James T. West, Kevin Klein as U.S. Marshal Artemis Gordon, Kenneth Branagh, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh as Dr. Aulis Loveless Ugh. from the Confederacy with no penis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also the lovely Selma Hayek. She's awesome. Yes. Ted Levine, a.k.a. Um, uh, Buffalo Bill from Signs of the Lambs, <laughs> yeah. as
3: General Bloodbath McGrath. Bloodbath McGrath. Yes. got
2: love that name. And as a character who had a lot more to do in the show, uh, Coleman, who was the guy who drove the train in Wild Wild West, M. Emmett Walsh, who's another one of my favorite character actors. Uh, so, in 1992, Warner Brothers optioned the film rights to Michael Garrison's television show The Wild Wild West and approached Mel Gibson to play Jim West. However, Gibson uh, was w- left the project. He originally signed on, and uh, he left so he could work on a film adaptation of the other TV western, Maverick, in 1994. Nonetheless, the project continued into the development stage, with Tom Cruise rumored for the lead. However, Cruz instead left to be in the film adaptation of the television program Mission Impossible the following year. So
3: many adaptations. Exactly. Of (laughs) Of so many random things.
2: And so they moved on and went with Big Willie Style himself in February 1997. Uh, However, uh, oh, and also Warner Brothers uh, pursued George Clooney Two co-stars, Artemis Gordon, as well as Kevin Klein, who eventually got the role, obviously, Matthew McConaughey, and Johnny
3: Depp. Oh, that would have been brutal if it was Will Smith and Johnny Depp. Dude, ima- but
2: imagine McConaughey <laughs> as Artemis. Oh my
3: god, that would be so Like, good.
2: Matthew McConaughey playing, like, the uptight, nerdy, char- just oh, not, yeah, not a his, character. Not his role. He should have played Jim West, you would think. He's like that the Texan, sweet. and I mean... yeah. That'd have been it's sweet. just it's just a weird, weird casting choice, <laughs> and I mean, honestly, Johnny Depp and George Clooney are all weird for that too. Yeah, true.
3: I, exactly. And Kevin Klein's not yeah, good. So. I
2: personally think that if you you want you want you want Kelsey Grammer as Frazier for this character, oh, you like, know, uh, yeah, so,
3: Frazier in this situation. Yeah, I will
2: say that <laughs> in that way, Kevin Klein fits because he's like you know, he kind of gives off that air of being the exact opposite. To uh, to Will Smith's you know badass good looking tough guy character, right? He's you know the kind of like Paunchy, white nerdy kind of like effeminate more effeminate character. Yeah, you it's know? good. It's a good end to the yeah. yang. Because Matthew McConaughey is that. It's not gonna not yeah, gonna yeah. really translate
3: some <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, wait,
2: wait, a second, God, take off my shirt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Matthew be, McConaughey shirtless yeah. flexing. Oh, the look at me, Will movie. Smith. Yeah.
3: Oh my God. <laughs> And, like, Will Smith is already doing that plenty, so yeah, it's, like, exactly. <laughs> uh, there's some pretty good taglines for this one. Um, it doesn't get any wilder than this.
2: Unless you made a movie called Wild, 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 Wild yeah. West, I guess. <laughs> yeah, then all you know. have to do is add one more.
3: It's definitely wilder. <laughs> right. Um, it's a whole new West. July nineteen ninety nine. I'm sorry,
2: that's not correct. It's July ninety <laughs> oh, nine. Come on, yeah, <laughs> I don't
3: know why. You, know you gotta give that cool. July, July ninety nine. July apostrophe
2: <laughs> ninety
3: nine. <laughs> yeah, good thing I didn't say that. <laughs> and then um, here's kind of a, i guess a combination of the second one. Uh, yeah, the second one just reworded. Uh, on July second, it's a whole new West. And it was. Yeah, I mean it, it was. It was something (laughs) Um, Its budget was $170 million Mm -hmm. By far the most expensive one we talked about today Oh yeah And it was the only one that was a box office success today It made $222 million Right
2: So I mean it was only a a small success Yeah I mean compared to to the other
3: ones I mean at least it still made like $50 million
2: Yeah and the critics also felt the same way uh, That the Razzie people felt because it was met with mostly negative reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a rotten score of 17% uh, with an average rating based on 131 reviews with an average rating of 4.1. I
3: wonder if that's the lowest percent that we've covered. That sounds really mm, well.
2: Well, wait, well, I forgot what was, did we say what it was for the other one? Yeah, we did. For showgirls, but I don't think we said what it was for. Uh, under the cherry oh, moon. Well, let's
3: check that out real quick.
2: Cause, uh, yeah, I don't see it. No, no, under the cherry moon is thirty-four. Okay, sweet. so we're good there. And then, yeah, no, I think it might be honestly. Wow! Wow, that's no, low. Little- no, well, uh, that we've covered yeah, like yeah, yeah. on some Maybe of the bad done. movie stuff, we've covered much, much worse. Yeah, for, yeah. 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 This in the, in my. But day. yeah, for the for the main my movies better episodes, I think this might be the lowest one. Hell it's, yeah, it's close at least.
3: Hell yeah, it is. Um,
2: yeah, the uh, it's considered bombastic, manic, and largely laugh free. <laughs> while while less is a bizarre misfire in which greater care in. In which greater care was lavished upon special effects than on the script.
3: Yes, definitely true. Yes,
2: um, I think really that uh, the laugh-free part really stands out to me because, like, there's so so many jokes and they're just almost none of them actually land and
3: oh and, it's so yeah, unfunny
2: i don't even know why it's just something flat about everything i don't know mm-hmm. if it's delivery or it's i mean because there's also a lot, awful lot of like you know really bad 1999 green screen and stuff but it, it it's like in this time period where a lot of big budget um, blockbusters got super like hollywood referential and and like they, they just got super referential in general. Like, you know, there's the scene where like bloodbath McGrath falls down and his little, he has like an ear trumpet thing. And then this little fucking dog comes up and like, so that, and it's the RCA, you know, dog. Like it's, there's weird things like that, that happen all the time. And now it's become like this thing that, that stupid ass fucking movies do where they just like, you know, like the angry birds movie or something. It's like, Hey, we got to throw in a reference to like everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, but none of them like actually make you like laugh. You're just like, "Oh, okay, I recognize that happened. Oh, okay, right. yeah, Will Smith said something, you know, okay, Selma Hayek's butt is out, and they're both horny about it, and now they're gonna go to bed, like just <laughs> I don't know, it's just generally strange, like but Selma Hayek is into fucking Kevin Klein. No, I'm sorry, <laughs> I call bullshit. She's totally lying to them movie you did not get to do a good job of disguising that so uh yeah i don't know i just think that in general this movie like when you have somebody like will smith and uh if you want to hear me talk more about will smith in movies that don't deserve his uh abilities and his like general like um I don't know, just his general comedic air, whatever, his his gener- generous nature. There's something about Will Smith that I really like. I don't know, I always have since I was a kid. I think he's not like I wouldn't say he's a good actor. I actually think he's kind of a bad actor, but he's charming as fuck and he can pull it off, you know. But if you watch a movie like this or like Aladdin, I think you notice that like you you have somebody who's just not into what he's doing and it's clear you know you see him in a movie that he's into it like say ali and it's like wow this guy has some range as an actor you know right there's just something so dead and lifeless about it and it's like i'm sorry will if you're the one who's dead and lifeless then this movie's gonna be fucking yeah, really dead because you're supposed to be the one who's on him you know? yeah and he's supposed to be the one who's bringing all the like excitement to it and right. it's just uh is it, you know, men? I think, honestly, like, Men in Black might be, in L.E., are probably his best movies. And, because uh, he's one of those few actors that's, like, pretty much never been not the star of the picture, or the vehicle of the picture, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, but, like, he he hasn't made that many good movies. He's made a lot of bad movies, you Yeah, know? and
3: it's just because he's, like, such a hot commodity.
2: Yeah, but, like i don't know why like he's only made like he's a the fresh
3: prince of bel-air man
2: yeah i guess so that really like <laughs> carried on for a long time yeah him, i mean
3: I and it just just became this like very eccentric person you know people refer yeah. to other people as like the will smith of something you know he can like, right, he's, right. he can dance he can act he can right. sing he's he can a, rap he's a, a triple threat. i mean? yeah, exa- yeah exactly he's funny you yeah. know He'd, no
2: like, he, I, I mean and he can like uh I mean, Wild Wild West isn't a terrible song. He's not, like, the greatest rapper, but he made a whole lot of money making, like, a few rap songs in his career and like, one album or two albums yeah, or something, Yeah, the you Big Willie style. Yeah, Will-anium. exactly. The Willennium, exactly, <laughs> yep, man. Yeah, Men in Black. Like, again, Men in Black would have been a more fun film to cover because I think it's a so much more superior film. Obviously, I don't think it would have... No, it definitely wouldn't have fit into this, but... You know, but like that's that's I think the measure of what he can do. Even Independence Day, I think is is a he's better in it and is a better film overall. You know, this just is like they like knew this was a piece of shit and they just kept making it and they had so (laughs) much money invested in it that it like did well because it like you know you don't really notice it's a piece of shit until you you look a little deeper i guess yeah
3: right? and like we were saying about how will smith was just like the biggest thing then i imagine everyone wanted to see it just because will smith right like, you right. know like just yeah because like
2: those two movies if i remember correctly those two like led up to this and so like this was like you know sort of the the under the cherry moon for Will Smith's acting right, career yeah, is like yeah. a, the hubris Do whatever. You want. The hubris <laughs> that you could make people care about the Wild oh, Wild West God. TV show. Jeez, yeah. you know. I wonder but how hey, many
3: people actually went back and watched the show. Well, watch out Not because me. <laughs> you'll be
2: out well, you'll be out of that dress when you meet Jim West, you know. <laughs> he said um <laughs> <laughs> This film came out on June 30th. 1999 And the only other film released that day Was South Park Bigger, longer, and uncut Hell yeah, yeah. And uh, films released around that time uh, Were Amer- were American Pie, Big Daddy Tarzan The Disney Tarzan uh, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me The Blair Witch Project And the weird movie of the week Divorced White Male
3: Hell yeah <laughs> Um, dude, yeah, we were just talking about Blair Witch. Plus we were dude, I, said, I told you that. Yeah, yeah, you told me it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> um in the United States the most popular song was If You Had My Love yes. by Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer
2: Lopez's Lopez's big break in the music business.
3: Yep. And then, uh, more importantly, the song in the UK by one of my favorite groups, The Venga Boys, yes. is boom, 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 boom. Yes. I want you in my boom. Yes. Oh, boom, great boom, 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 <laughs> boom,
2: exclamation point, exclamation point. Hell yeah, Two yeah. exclamation
3: If point. you haven't roller skated to that song, don't talk to me. That
2: song reminds me of middle school and high school dances because it got played... <laughs> probably multiple times at all of them for me oh you know? definitely and it's
3: this... top song of the year uh, oh yeah this is a dun, jam dun, too dun, dun, dun. <laughs> hit me baby one more time yes by Big Bad Britney Spears exactly. yeah uh, this
2: this uh, particular trip down memory lane is nostalgic it's very nostalgic for me uh, I would have been like 7th 8th grade I think around this time 7th yeah I would have been well it would have been summer but you know so I was, this is, like, like the core of my memory, my, like, you know, young memory. I remember all this shit. So, like, video games, man, the video games that came out this year, Mario Party, Pokemon Snap, Snap Super Smash Brothers, Pokemon Stadium, Donkey Kong 64, Ape Escape, Mario Golf 64, Tomb Raider The Last Revelation. On this day, Croc 2 and Driver were both released for the PS1. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. And, infamously... On July 3rd of that year, gamer, quote-unquote, yeah, Billy Mitchell, scored a perfect 3,300,000 point score on the Pac-Man arcade game. But fuck you, Billy Mitchell, yeah, because you him. are a cheater. Yeah, and
3: you're officially yeah. on our blacklist. My movies are <laughs> yes, blacklist. exactly. Fuck so you, how Mitchell. did you get in here? Get, yeah, here, get Mich- out of here, Billy <laughs> Mitchell. Get fuck out of here, yeah, loser. Your giant cheater.
2: Head. But also... Wild Wild West had an action adventure video game uh, for the PC called Wild Wild West, The Steel Assassin, which was published and developed by South Peak Interactive and uh, released on December 7th, 1999, eight months following the film's release. (laughs)
3: Really ran the wave. Um,
2: Oh, and also the NBA draft was today. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, um, in 1999. And uh, Duke power forward Elton Brand was the first pick by Chicago Bulls. Two years later, he'd be traded away to Los Angeles, never to be heard of again. (laughs) He was a a serviceable power forward, but Elton Brand never never made it. He was supposed to be the guy to take Chicago into their next era. Yeah,
3: well, that didn't happen. No, it didn't.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, as we had obviously... This movie uh, was nominated and won a bunch of Razzies, as we went over, um, and uh, also like um, Showgirls before it, we had someone come and uh, accept this award. However, it was not someone who actually worked on the film. It was Robert Conrad, who played Jim West in the original no television way. series. Yes, oh, he arrived. What a badass at the 20th golden raspberries to collect in person, the three Razzies, the film won in order to express his objections to the film. Now I do not know if these were racially based except, uh, uh, exceptions. I don't objections. I don't think they were though. From what I read, it was more about that. Let's hope not Robert. No, no, I don't think I any <laughs> with it because the, because what, from what I was reading, he had already started to be pissed off about it when they just announced the film. And so if, if they announced the film with Mel Gibson, then it would have, he was already pissed, you know what I mean? Like it had nothing to do with, with the fact that Will Smith was, because initially when I read it, I was like,
1: I "Uh yeah,
2: old white man Hmm. probably mad. Old old white man angry
3: about his movie. Exactly,
2: Hmm. angry about a black guy playing him specifically. I was wondering, but yeah, no, it doesn't seem like that. So sorry, Robert Conrad, who's probably dead by now, Uh, honestly, and will never listen to this podcast anyway. Robert Conrad, we salute you. So, Wild Wild West. Uh, Let's see, what is this movie about? Um, So some Confederates. Uh, after the war, are ki- killing scientists who made a giant spider for a Confederate scientist who's played by an extremely hammy British actor. Yes, <laughs> um, who's also in a wheelchair
3: because. Um. More importantly, who just doesn't have a lower half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's
2: lost all yeah. of his... He got... Which, like... I don't... Can you survive without all the stuff that he mentions that he's missing?
3: I don't think so. Didn't he
2: say, like, he lost all... I mean, I guess you can survive without his, your like, intestine. like,
3: pancreas and, like... Oh! His...
2: Okay, because, like... All right, so... All right, look. Let's just skip right to this part. So, you know how he has the bed with all the stuff in it, right? Yep. Like the immediate thought I was thinking, you know, like obviously he's in a wheelchair and since he has no legs, that's like, you know, an apparatus for sleeping. But like, is that also like, how does he poop? I guess I should just skip right to it. How does he poop?
3: Yeah. I I, I don't know. He said he can't reproduce.
2: But can he poop?
3: No, I'm assuming can he can't pee either.
2: Loveless. Well, he, obviously, you he can't pee, but like you still have <laughs> to pee, right? Yeah, and he's definitely like, still This to is poop. what I need answers, yeah, Dylan. Seriously. Olivia. Gotta, yeah. How would Loveless poop and pee? I don't want to answer. Do you know?
3: No, Neither do
2: I. <laughs> I think she knows, <laughs> she's but she does. She's sparing her. Keep art. your. He's the guy. He's the bad guy in Wow Wow West. He's because in uh, without the legs? But he has like he oh. said, yeah. like I'm not be. I'm tr- really. I mean it. Like wait, let me just say real quick. I'm not trying to be insensitive. I really mean that. I'm stupid, and I do not know how someone in that situation goes to the bathroom. I would assume it's
0: all bags.
3: It, was, it would be all yeah. burlap sacks In this case <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah
2: I mean at this time Poop, Pooping yeah, this in time, like uh, a yeah, cowhide
3: Right I mean
2: like he does have like a cadre Of women So they, oh, help. All right. they probably help
3: <laughs> Oh no uh, you know. Oh no
2: Anyway Wild Wild love- <laughs>
3: Now that we got the poop out of the way,
2: so this scientist, he's got a plan. He's going to take over America and divide it between uh, European countries. I yeah, think he it, that's it. What yeah, it yeah, it breaks it down with like doing. European
3: yeah. countries, and then also a part for him.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's going to live in like the northwest and like just oh, for him like, to have yeah, like Oregon, Montana, a place Idaho, for him to retire. Yeah. A little, a little piece of land
3: for me to retire on. I'm a doctor, loveless. Like it is, yeah. Oh, it's the most cringy. It's so hammy. I,
2: I kind of love it because it's so. It is kind of entertaining. It is probably the most entertaining thing about the movie. That's what I'm saying. Like he brings so much energy, and everything else is so lifeless. That's what. Right. Right. That's what makes it even more hammy. You know. Yep um
3: i'll just go out and say that this movie is not good no yeah, yeah it's not good no
2: it's you know what's better than this movie the music video for wild wild west oh, featuring yeah. drew hill and cool modi oh, it's yeah, way it better Are you kidding me and it's basically the whole story just condensed down a little bit yeah
3: just not but, in a shitty yeah. uh 95 minute movie <laughs>
2: It's, yeah, like I had already mentioned, it is probable it's one of the weaker Will Smith movies. And like it like I said, he doesn't feel like he's into it, yeah, you know, it, like, and and Kevin Klein is real bad, you know, he's not none of the jokes land. none of the, nope. the you know, it, it's I almost feel like they would have been better off turning up the violence instead of the sexual humor. Because I think that's the thing that didn't age the most, well, the most uh, didn't age well the most, is all the fucking, like, immature sex jokes for 13-year-old boys to laugh at, which I did when I saw it in theaters Right, yeah, of course. There's a lot of
3: weird, like, sex jokes that didn't land, and then there's a lot of weird, like, um, I don't want to say, like, there's, like, alluding to, like, slavery stuff, that just seems oh yeah so yeah, yeah, forced yeah, yeah. so forced. Well,
2: that's another. That's like a question I have about this movie. So like, is Jim West live in a water tower? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I can't imagine they were what?
2: supposed what to be up there. Up with that? Well, like, like, but not just that. Like, okay, if they, it was just them in a, like a water tower, like. I'd be like, okay, whatever. They're just, like, being kinky, I guess. Or, okay, you know, I can suspend my disbelief there. But there's, like, a, like, bed and, like, stuff on the walls. There's, like, shelves and stuff oh in there. God. Like, it seemed like he, like, hung out in there. Oh he, like, God, lived there, like maybe. Yeah. that's fine. Yeah. They, like, wrecked his house. But I don't know. There was also, like, a barn next... I don't know. Yeah. I, I couldn't know. tell if it was, like, they broke in there or that was his, like, hideout. Right. Or... Like it it yeah, seemed like the movie know. didn't know either. <laughs>
3: yeah, I feel like they kind of ditched that well, concept like, pretty I, quick.
2: I can tell you unequivocally that 13-year-old Kevin in 1999 was like, no, 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 for sure, don't worry, guys, that's his hideout. Like, that's what, that's what my, I was like, oh, yeah, that's his, like, hideout, and he's seducing this incredibly beautiful woman because I remember that scene, like, got me all excited when I was a kid. I was like, whoa, hey. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like... The, it's just it's weird i have like i don't know it's one of those movies i remember it really well for some reason yeah, I seeing it in too, theaters.
3: Man. and it's like i remember i feel like i remember enjoying it a lot as a yeah good. yeah i <laughs> thought it was know? pretty good as a kid yeah and then in retrospect it is really really bad also like what was the deal with the magnets
2: and like how like they somehow reverse the polarity of the magnets. Yeah, just all of a by sudden. them just to no. make,
3: just they did it all just to make the joke of Will Smith's magnet being stuck to oh, yes. Kevin Kline's belt. belt buckle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was what that whole thing led to. Yeah, yeah, because there's also like it was just like a dick in your face yeah. joke. Yeah, that's fa- all. It
2: yeah, fair amount of like homophobic stuff in this yeah, movie too. Yeah, He's yeah. Like, Don't
3: tell your grandkids about this one. Yeah, exactly.
2: It's like, <laughs> Well, and I mean, <laughs> I get that it was an embarrassing situation yeah, overall, yeah, but yeah yeah, exactly. but it's it's there's just there because there was a whole thing with like Artemis dressing up like a woman, and like Will Smith being so like against it and like bullying him yeah. and making fun of him about it was yep. like by today's standards, again, like by the time the movie when the time the movie came out, I guess that that was like okay. But, like, watching that now, you're like, oh, yeah,
3: okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then that scene where, like, he was asking uh, Will Smith's character to, like, feel the fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's like, oh, they're real. He's like, no, those things look stupid. And then that guy, like, walked up and he's like, I knew it. And then, like, walked away. Mm-hmm. It's like, but then I again, love, then again, <laughs> yeah. in
2: the end, Will Smith sees the error of his ways and he gets in drag himself. So yeah. maybe I was wrong. I right, don't know. Yeah, Who knows? This movie is uh, very confused about what it wants to be so like basically it's a hour and 45 minute long episode of what the wild wild west yeah you know like and it never takes enough time to like establish anything about the characters because like it wants you to just it All right. So like I'm going to compare it to a a movie that we mentioned earlier tonight, Mission Impossible, um, and why Mission Impossible works and why Wild West doesn't work, I think boils down to one simple thing, and that's character development. Uh, Wild Wild West assumes that you know who Jim West and Artemis are. Right. I didn't.
3: I don't. I don't. I still don't. Exactly. Even after watching I mean, 140 minutes of them, I, I still don't really I, know who they I, are. I,
2: I, I do. I do. I mean, after watching the movie. But I'm saying at the well, beginning I, of the movie are, without having any knowledge, no, I've never watched the show. You know, I need you to explain it to me in, in a way that makes sense and and not just assume I know everything. And I think that Mission Impossible does a way better job of maybe even just getting away with that you already know this character, but at the same time that it's like, okay, you know this is a spy, this is a spy movie, this is the cool spy, whatever. You know, get over it. This is the hacker. This is this. That opening scene sets up everything so well, and then everything gets shattered. And immediately you realize this is a different type of movie. Wild Wild West is just straight up this is the blockbuster that you expected the yeah. whole fucking time, you know?
3: Yeah. And that's, I think it's weird that, uh, it's such a big budget, big name movie was just, and I I guess that kind of would be the move anyways, to make like an adaptation and use a big name just to get, uh, people in the theaters. Right. But, but writing it the way this was written, like writing it as if y- the viewer already knew, like they had to know that, ninety percent of the people going to see this movie would not know what right. the Wild Wild West show was, wouldn't know the characters, wouldn't know who the characters are as, as people in relation to the other characters. Like that's most of your viewers are <laughs> that. so why would you write the movie as if people knew that? Why yeah. would you throw your fan base into something that just well, didn't know what happened?
2: Yeah, and and why wouldn't you try to establish their characters more fully? You know, Dude,
3: within the first like five ten minutes, you're already in the middle of like shit going down, and there's no time to, oh yeah, no time to explain. They're like, all right, right gotta go. Exactly. And it's like started. It. Well,
2: yeah, and it's also one of those movies where like the plot runs into the characters. Yep. Absolutely. You know, it's like, oh, here's Jim West out. You know, well, it starts out. You know, you see the guy getting killed, and then it's yep. like, oh, here's Jim West. He's gallivanting with this woman. He's you know getting his groove on, and then oh. Here come the fucking Confederate guys who work for McGrath and and Lovelace, and he's literally the plot smacking him in the face, and yep, he's gonna go right. ride literally, off. Literally, you see it coming it. at yeah. him in the distance, <laughs> and then and then <laughs> he throws then he throws on a blazer and no shirt and rides to a saloon and fucking smashes into there, and it's just like, yeah. what the fuck are you? Okay, yeah, I guess right. I guess we're along for the ride, yeah. you know. <laughs> and again, like it doesn't it 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 doesn't develop that character past he's is smooth and he's the hero you know and that's like okay but i need more like development of what that character is it's not just they're not just archetypes you know they're yeah. characters you know yeah and you got to go deeper like you get in again in mission impossible you get deeper into like why ethan is the way he is you get to see that he was trained a certain way and that losing you know well thinking he lost his mentor yeah sends him down this path of revenge and all this, stuff. like you get a more fully fleshed out complex character that you don't ever have to see a goddamn episode of mission impossible to understand. Yeah. Exactly. You know, this character is like just in both of them. They're just nothing characters. And then you have Selma Hayek, who, like, oh, yeah, she's in this movie, too. The movie fucking forgot she's in this movie.
3: Right, yeah. They, like, threw her in, like, she's in the back of a scene at one point in the beginning. Yeah. And then, like, 30 minutes later, she's, like, Here I the am. most important character. Yeah, and then she's just,
2: like, there. And then it's just, like, she's there some more. And, like, even though she's on screen, it's like she has no bearing on the plot. And then it's just, like, oh, actually... That guy's not her uh, father that she was looking for. That's her husband. Yeah. And now it's like, great. So now this this literally is like an episodic TV show, and we can yeah, and go to the next- Yeah, it just ends with them going into right. the sunset. And right, right. and everything it. goes back to how it would be in- It's like the pilot for a, for a TV show like right. this, you know? Yeah. We're now- it's going to be the adventures of these two and none shall they ever meet. So, you know, it's like a fucking right. episode of Frasier. It really you know? it really is. Yeah. Frasier only dates a girl for like five episodes tops before right. it falls apart.
3: Yeah. You know? yep, exactly.
2: And, and yeah, I just think as a, as a movie version of a TV show, you gotta do way more. dude.
3: And if you're going to make it something, you're going to try and make it an action, like a sci-fi act, like steampunky action thing. There needs so, There needs to be some sort of stakes. Yeah. Like the stakes are really not high at any point of the movie because you know, like just the way they write these. The, the bad characters. guys
2: in a in a. I mean, like not just I don't want to be like the bad guys in a wheelchair. Yeah. But like <laughs> that. But also, but also he has the bad guy is half of literally half a man, and everything about him is based on like faulty technology that you, like, it's not like this movie takes place in a sci-fi world where you believe that technology is like unstoppable. Yeah. It's just very steampunk. Yeah. And know? it's like, and again, it's just, it's just like, he's a scientist. That's the explanation for how he built these massive weapons that are future powered, you know? Like, yeah.
3: How the like, fu- there's one hilarious part when he like sends that uh, wagon that's got all the <laughs> explosives into the building. And he's like, Oh, like time to like send the next message to them or something. Then yeah. it's like oh. his like one of his like robot arm things just like slides out of his suit and then just like yeah. pulls yeah. Up, and yeah. it just lifts yeah. up a pin. He's got
2: like a cane, yeah, and then he like presses a button, and the cane like extends so he can pull the pin without getting out of his like wagon. Yeah. I'm like, wow, it, that's
3: a really futuristic invention so there, you goofy. fucking
2: goober! And again, from what I've like read online, that's how Wow Wow West was. But like again, not to harp too much, and why Mission Impossible so much better. That's how Mission Impossible, the TV show, was. That's not how the Mission Impossible movie was. Right. They updated it, and they made it an adult film for adults. Like So maybe if Wild Wild West had been like, what if we cast, again, maybe if it had been Mel Gibson, we might have had a gritty one, but like, why, what if you cast sam jackson in the or wesley snipes or a more right, action-oriented right, right. grittier actor not a comedic actor not you know not will smith in this role and you went for a mission impossible style wow wow west where it was a gritty version yeah that might have been i think like a little enjoyable.
3: polish yeah a little polishing on the writing and a bit more gritty yeah. of the lead it could yeah. be a crazy good movie but it wasn't. It it's wasn't, not a no. good movie. Sorry. What's, uh,
2: so what? What? Uh, what? Uh, what, uh, what do you? What do you give it? One. Me too. Me
3: too. I finished it, so it's not a zero. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that angry. <laughs> yeah, about I'm it. not. I'm not. I sound pissed, but I'm There's not pissed.
2: A, th- it does have. <laughs> it does have like m- moments here and there where I laughed out loud. But it's one of those movies that I think only the like first half is is like. Enjoyable to laugh at, watch slash nostalgically watch, and then yeah. you're like, okay, I have adult things to do yeah, now,
3: dude. And it, I feel I forget what movie we were talking about with this recently, but it was like, it gets to a point where you're like, okay, this is getting exhausting, and you look at the time, and you're like, oh my god, there's still like 50 minutes left of this movie. Like, what the yeah. hell is? How can but they do like, this? It's also
2: movie like I feel like with the other two, I couldn't have again obviously I'd seen Wild Wild West but I couldn't have watched either of those movies and then maybe showgirls and then but but and then been like oh I can just tell you what's I can just you know, guess what's going to happen. Right. Well, well well West, you could probably just like guess it if you had never seen the movie, if you just knew about, you just knew Will Smith's in it. And it was, you know, I'd be able to be like, Oh yeah. I think if
3: you just watch the opening scene, you're going
2: to be like, yeah. Oh, they go on an adventure and then the bad guy guy does something. He gets power. Then Will Smith Takes him down. And, and they, they, they odd couple it up for a while until they finally decide to both listen to each other. And then they beat the bad guy and that's the end. Right, you simple know. As that. I didn't think never, it was. Never seen that yeah. movie before. Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> did just kind of, you know, he just says just kind of kill a guy with no legs. But yeah, yeah, that's a little fucked up. I mean, I guess it was that guy kind of like died more than Will Smith. No, Will Smith totally I mean, killed did, him because well, he, he pulled
3: the. His, yeah, but he fell to his death.
2: Yeah, and he pulled the lever though. Yeah, and true. Then, like true. climbed up his body as. So. But
3: you know, maybe it was the right thing to do.
2: Well, of course, it was the right thing to do, but <laughs> the guy was in a wheelchair, <laughs> I know, you know. Yeah, not much of a. It problem. just seems like a weird choice to pick a villain like that. Yeah, you know, he seems like kind of like un. He seems kind of outmatched by these two, you know, able-bodied young men, especially you know, especially Will Smith, who's beating the crap out of him, and it's like, oh, but he has like a spider wheelchair, and then like two seconds later, it gets destroyed, and you're like.
3: You're like, wow, this so is now a really what? unfair yeah. matchup. Like, Thank <laughs> God. It's like me versus yeah. Conor McGregor.
2: <laughs> Thank God the giant spider like leg like fell into something or whatever, so they got caught in a predicament. Or Will Smith would have just had to beat him to death with yeah, his bare like, hands. Oh, my God. <laughs>
3: Yeah, the director's yeah. cut. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just like that scene in fucking Game of Thrones where Jon Snow <laughs> is just punching Ramsay yeah, for like exactly. five minutes. Straight. Exactly. What <laughs> would have been that They'd be like?
2: Oh, so this is yeah, the like, gritty oh, version. God. <laughs> yeah.
3: Mel Gibson get so, uh, punching a paraplegic for five exactly. minutes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so it's time. Yeah,
2: that rolls us onto our verdict. Yeah. So, so um, we'll
3: do the we'll do the the regular one first. Okay. Like our, yeah, yeah. actually no. Yeah no. Yeah let's do that. Do, let's do let's do 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 right, you you go first. All right. I'll go so, first. So
2: uh, I'm gonna just, well, Wild Wild West was the worst one. Yeah. It it was it it's and it, like I was thinking about maybe saying Under the Cherry Moon, but nah, it's Wild Wild West. Yeah. Under the Cherry Moon second, but they're both I both again I kind of already went over it. They're both kind of bad, and Under the Cherry Moon is just less so because it's wackier and Prince is just interesting and out of control. And Well Well West is just boring. So like it's yeah, like I had to like force myself to just keep watching it. But I also felt like, I already know what happens. Like I I could talk about this movie. I know how it plays out. You know there wasn't t- like there wasn't a lot of stuff that I didn't remember from it. I guess what I should say there was right. a lot more from Showgirls that I like. I was like, oh, I forgot about this scene, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, then Under the Cherry Moon, which again, like, wacky and Prince is crazy, and <laughs> I don't know, it has some interesting things going on in it. But I think Showgirls is the best movie out of the movies that have won the best. Uh, the worst picture. Right, right, hasn't.
3: right. So, yeah, so you're, de- like, it's, like, number one is the least, least deserving of the, <laughs> I guess, yeah. to be the more yeah. Not, yeah. Um, so I have, I'm staying same with you, uh, Wild Wild West in the bottom. Um, I have uh, Under the Cherry Moon as my number one. Oh. And then Showgirls is my number two. But like I said earlier, I'm going to watch Showgirls again. It's right. subject to change, but per- okay. right now on, yeah. like, my gut, I gotta go with that. So we gotta flip. Uh,
2: Here, let's let's do this. We're we're gonna change it up this time. Let's okay, a, cool. Let's do let's do a dice roll. Oh no way! Nice. So uh, let's say one uh, like pick e- either e- over over ten
3: or under ten. Whoa! Um. Over.
2: All right, and so we're gonna roll the trusty d twenty. Nineteen. Oh, so, nice.
3: Somehow, (laughs) under the Jerry Moon,
2: pulls it through. Hell
3: yeah, it does. Booyah! Yeah,
2: yeah. and so that is the winner this week. Okay, hell yeah. So that means before we officially wrap it up, we got to pick what the worst movie of the week is i think that's uh, already right. pretty obvious yeah so my I'll here do. he is he's the worst <laughs> film of the week
3: i'll go my order for the three worst it yes. will in the word order from worst to best i will go uh wild wild west is the worst and then under the cherry moon in the middle and then showgirls at the bottom oh interesting so i think showgirls is like objectively better Right, but you like, like in that under way. The, but I think there's, Cherry I Moon. think there are things about Under the Cherry Moon that I like mm. better okay. than Showgirls.
2: Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. Yeah, yeah. Definitely though, the winner is 100. percent Yeah, Wild Wild West. Wild, Congratulations! Wild West. You're the worst
1: Wednesday of the
2: week. You're the worst <laughs> of the week. Yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah, I it's mean, bad. we went over it. It's it was just bad. Yeah. I mean, listen to the song though. So you just guys cheer yourself up. Yeah. So you group members technically won something this week. you yeah, won you The did. worst. You won the Razzie. I think uh, here's a question we could ask at the end here now that we've talked about all these movies a lot. Do you think all three of these movies deserved the worst picture and all these nominations or do you think any of them didn't?
3: Um... For I, I, it's, it's tough to say for all the nominations themselves. Cause well, let me I, say I like I this: like Do you think
2: I, these movies deserved, deserved the, a bunch of people who are in the film industry to call them out because no. they're so bad? No.
3: no, I feel that way. I mean, like you said at the beginning, I kind of feel that way about most of. I mean, the whole the kind of concept of the Razzies, yeah. anyways. Uh, like, maybe
2: under the cherry moon, <laughs> a <yeah>. little bit, <laughs> a little bit. But yeah, it's just yeah. again because of how uh, audacious and like auspicious. Oh yeah, it's just or,
3: such. It's a like I said, by Prince for Prince. Yeah, that's it, like what that movie is. It's
2: so way But like I'm like as boring and bad as it is. It's like it's uh, Wild West. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's that level. You know, like I feel no, like I've yeah. seen legitimately worse movies.
3: Yeah. I think if I looked for, like, three minutes, I could probably find, like, at least a dozen worse movies that came out that year. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah.
2: Even, like, like, like movies that got accolades. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think it's, it's funny. A lot of these movies get, like, picked on because they're not, like, big-budget Hollywood movies in the strictest sense. I guess, you know, again, Wild Wild West was. And, you know, I, all three of these movies had a significant amount of money spent on them. But like their like Showgirls was kind of like whoever they could get to work on it because everybody was reading the script and being like this is a little bit ridiculous, you know. And Wild Wild West like probably there was a lot of people who looked at that and were like really, you know, that's why Mel Gibson and and Tom Cruise didn't want to do it. Yeah, they probably looked at it and were like yikes. Yeah, and obviously (laughs) under the Cherry Moon, it's like oh Prince's making a movie okay like so i think that there's a bit of that like outsider or like trying to break into hollywood or like you know do something different in hollywood thing that hollywood doesn't like so they like oh haha your film's bad we think it's stupid when really it's just like the film wasn't successful and they spent a lot of money on it in in these cases it seems more than that it was actually that terrible
3: right you know so yeah no, I think a lot of it is just kind of trying to point a finger at a popular guy too right. you know right. like them nominating the movie starring Will Smith like the biggest guy in anything at right. that point and for like so many Razzies right. it's like they're just trying didn't to they, didn't trying they to stir the pot didn't they give tea.
2: fucking Bagger Vance an Oscar nomination did they probably oh, Jesus. yeah there you go They and like we already said they gave fucking an Oscar to Crash so yeah, the Oscars right, is right. bullshit yeah, and suck. Hollywood's fucking stupid yeah, so yeah
3: fuck the oscars well yeah and i think
2: a lot of times though like like film people get elitist and like wanna act you know they want i i get it it's supposed to be like good natured and shit but it's also a little bit elitist to like pick on films like this just because they're maligned by for some reason and they don't make a lot of sense or they're not very good or whatever i think a lot of cases, like i said it's just that they spend a lot of money but not look at the fact that the same films that you lauded sometimes are just as bad and cringeworthy when you really look at it yeah
3: yeah absolutely
2: well with that it looks like we are about to wrap up another episode and that means we are ready uh, to tell you that hell month is officially gonna get started a little bit earlier than usual okay, that's right baby. we're getting we're we're gonna follow with the trend uh, to piss off baby boomers that uh halloween's coming even earlier and earlier and earlier yeah. well, we're gonna start our hell month celebration a little bit early so last year we did four uh halloween themed movie episodes this time we're gonna shoot for six and we might not make all six in before halloween but hey whatever after halloween's just as fine yeah so uh halloween exactly. celebration we'll be covering a whole bunch of stuff um i will not remember to name all of them right now so maybe i'm gonna try but the next na- the first one we'll be starting with is haunted houses uh dylan does not have a pick as of yet but i do i picked uh the movie Zoo or house um the japanese haunted house film which is fantastic and i love it so if you have never seen that i highly suggest go out and grab a copy uh you do have to buy it you cannot view it because it's a criterion film so unless you sign up for the criterion collection but again they don't pay me so i'm not going to give them too much of a plug um (laughs) so yeah get prepared for scary scary scariness as we uh head into that
3: hell yeah please uh like, review, rate, yeah, subscribe, share, subscribe on wherever you yeah. pod your cast. And mainly,
2: uh, thank you to you people who do come back week after week to listen. Yeah, it's uh, pretty awesome that you Danka, do that. Uh, I don't know how to say thank you in other languages. But gracias. Gracias, there you go. I say it in like Chinese. Shishé, I think. Shishé? I think it is, okay. maybe um we'll I'd learn, got, him, we'll learn got them all to, and we'll say them yeah we'll say them exactly. at the end of every episode we'll, well say thank you in yeah. 14 well, languages every, we got some you know we got some like british listeners so yeah, like we do. so like hello love
3: <laughs> <laughs> thanks i
2: think it's just i think it's just a friend of mine who who's who lives in britain so. <laughs> nice hi, hi matt oh hey matt there. what's up buddy? hello matt
3: <laughs> yeah it's like, how are you doing it's like, in thanks there? or as they say in britain <laughs> thanks
2: i like to purposely do i can like do a better british accent than i do on i the don't show.
3: because it ends up yeah. turning into an australian right. i can't do it i'm not good all right God
2: <laughs> i just like doing a bad accent on purpose it's more fun that way oh, yeah, it is. so uh yeah again thank you for listening and uh, be in there And join the group And get on the group Yeah, vote for what we watch We
1: you watching well, Yeah, He got mad
2: weapons too Ain't hit hear trying to bring down me The champion When y'all clowns Gonna see that it can't be done Understand me, son I'm the slickest they is I'm the quickest they is Did I say I'm the slickest they is So if you're up The wrong tree we coming Don't be starting nothing Me and my
0: partner Gonna test your chest love less. Can't stand the heat To get out the wall